Welcome to episode 340 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Hey, Jason, how are you doing? You do not look like you're in your normal place. Yeah, we're visiting the in-laws, so we are in Vegas. Oh, nice. Or the northern, the northern tip of Vegas, not on the Strip. <laughs> that looks uh, very um, luxurious where you are. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> like the Bellagio. <laughs> Something yeah, it like that. It does look a little... Look, yeah, it does with the sort of... The yellowish tint to it. Yeah. 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 Gold. <laughs> the gold reflection. Yeah. So what's uh what's new with you? Oh well, um we mi- well, I just want to say we missed recording on Father's Day last week. Um did you have a good yeah. Father's Day? Anything interesting happen on your end? Trying to think. Well, I got some Chicago deep dish pizza. That was good. We had that shipped out from Chicago. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, were- that was cool. Wait, how do they do that? Like well, there's a few delivery services that do it now. They sh- they 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 ship it in dry ice, apparently. Huh. And so, I mean, we we this is the second time we've done it. We did it, I think, for oh, it was like Mother's Day or something like that. We had um, uh, it was like uh, Uno's or Duos or something. One of these, you know, st- um, standard Chicago deep dish, you know, <laughs> well, institutions. That's yeah, and this stuff is so good. You know, it's like we've had it in years, and so it was like it was really cool to be able to order that stuff. And like, because you think, oh, we have a Chicago, and we go get some deep dish pizza, and they're like, oh, we'll just order it. We'll have it here tomorrow. It's like really, and that's, that, that's kind of incredible, right? That we live in a world where you can, you can do that. That is crazy. I, I have been to the best place. I can't remember the name of it, but I've been there, and I did like it. But it's quite heavy, isn't it? I mean, it's quite. It's like it's oh a yeah, real meal. I mean, what happens is you order a small pizza and you could fill, you could pretty much feed a small village. <laughs> I mean, you have these eyes bigger, like, oh, we'll get like a medium pizza for the table. And then everyone has one piece. They're like, oh, people are like falling asleep, you know, they're like, oh, the carb, you know, they just get crushed with carbs. I mean, they're, it's really good, but you're right. I mean, it's really, you know, calorie dense. So one, one to two slices and, and you're done. I mean, we had a nice breakfast, um, just like a just like a nice cooked, uh, like scrambled egg and bacon and all that kind of stuff. But the main the main part of the day was gardening. We mm-hmm. have been in our in the mountain house. We've been transforming this mountainside into a garden, which is like kind of interesting. Uh, we've Mountain got gardening, this, okay. Yeah, <laughs> got like a sprinkler system put in and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's just I don't know. I never thought I'd be the the guy who the, did gardening. You're living in gardens. <laughs> be a gardener, much less living in the mountains. Gardening. That's right. Yeah, well, um, life takes you strange places sometimes. You know what? The I mean, I I know that the whole of like property value is just going crazy, but mm-hmm. like since we've moved in, like we have practically doubled the money on this house. It's it's well, absolutely it's just really really strange. It's kind of insane. Which means you'll stay in line with whatever else you buy. After that. Yeah, but the difference is, is the down that we put in was, you know, small. I mean, very comparatively mm-hmm, small. Mm-hmm. But when, but you can, when you can take out like a significant six figure, you know, you know, six figure, early six. Low right. Six so you figures. get more, it's essentially it translates to more financial leverage. Basically. When that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing that's, I remember Sandy had brought up to me a couple of times when our, um, you know, it's like where our condo, when, before we had bought a house had gone up in price. And I'm like, well, you realize that the houses we're looking to buy, which are much more expensive than condo, have gone up even more. Proportionally the same, yeah, but the yeah. absolute value much more. So we're kind of losing ground. You know, it's that's that's one thing you have to think about is the uh, if yeah. you're going lateral in terms of your price range, you're fine. 
If you're going, if you're going up, up you're probably problem. worse. That's the problem, <laughs> right? Down. Most people are going up. Unless you're like, you know, older, your kids are off to, you know, left the house, you know, then you're kind of yeah, not doing as well. Yeah, well. But, uh, but the other downside, of course, is the, is the more expensive, the sort of inflated prices is, um, is the higher property taxes that you got to pay. And they'll and they'll probably go down. I mean, we we've really been toying with the idea of you know should we get out and then rent for a year, let things go down and then go back in. You guys have ants in your pants. You can never <laughs> stay a place more like two years. It's incredible. I know it's true, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. Why is that? Why do you? Think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's, it's just the way we're both built. It's really weird. R- right. Yeah. Okay. Um. But. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, we should be having a little bit of money coming in um, with the release of Morning Brief. Okay, so what what's the what status? I, you gave me this big uh, landing page you wanted me to take a look at, so I, I took a look. I read through it. Awesome. It's it's long. It's like a little sales letter. Well, it, it a, is a, a sales it letter. is a sales letter. So so that page that I sent you is basically the sales page that you arrive at after you've gone through the demo. So mm-hmm. where, uh, the the web page is morningbrief.ai. So you'll go there, and it's just a super simple landing page, um, just a couple of paragraphs, and then from there, there's a there's a button that says, "Okay, you know, uh, play with the play with the tech." So you click that, and then you go to the brief builder, which lets you add topics, remove topics. You can sort of see what it's like, and then at the end of that, it essentially says, "Okay, if you're interested, you can learn about you know becoming a beta, a beta user, a paid beta customer." Mm-hmm. And so then mm-hmm. they click that, and then that's when they get to that page that I sent you. So really, they're only going to get to that page if they're even remotely interested in it, if they like the tech mm-hmm. demo. Um, and mm-hmm. the reason why I sent you that that page, even though I know it was probably a slog to read through, I just wanted you to, to understand the background, you know, so that yeah. as we talk yeah. through it, you know. You, yeah, so right. was there any questions you had about the page or any sort of, like, do you get the, con- I mean, is it any different? <laughs> My one reaction is I don't think I'd call Elon Musk a jackass. <laughs> 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 landing page. Just, <laughs> like, I was like, ah, well, I don't know about that. That's the opposite of. It's so funny. Um, it's the op- it, because you had said um, in the last in the well, last I just show. Would, I would don't don't you know don't don't big up Elon Musk because loads of people think you know think Elon Musk is really cool. Now I I will say that. Or no, copy, I said loads of. I said that, I said he's kind of run afoul of the left. So the left. <laughs> Doesn't like him anymore. I, what I, what I didn't mean is go and call him the jackass. <laughs> I know. It's like, but what's really maybe... funny about that? What's really funny about okay. that is is that a great bit thing being in partnership with Joe is he is uh-huh. he's a, a writer, and um, mm-hmm. he's really quick at writing. Like he's just 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 mm-hmm. sort of comes up with stuff, just just throws it out. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, it's like it just takes a long time. I mean, I can, I believe I can do good writing. I think it's sort of proven in the. You know, the fact I've got a few front page I can use things, but the he is very good. So he just knocked out a couple of paragraphs. Those aren't exactly the final paragraphs, but that I, I think I'm guessing the reason why that paragraph there, why he put that was probably in reaction to our discussion on the last show. Um, but yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, I, I, I would I would kind of be a little more neutral on it. Okay. I mean, more I mean it's like I was just saying, I was just being um Look, if you're just trying, if you're trying not to offend any particular left or right, then you want to be kind of neutral on some polarizing characters or not even deal with them. Um, you know, tr- uh, 
Elon Musk is somewhat of a polarizing character now. He wasn't 2016 or so. Yeah, as we said last show, yeah. Yeah, so So, it's a little different story. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's certainly very interesting, and he's doing a lot of things that are changing the world and and, and move crypto markets and, you know, move... He's one of the richest guys in the world, so he's worth... He's he's definitely an interesting topic worth considering, but, you know... But the thing is, the links coming up for Elon Musk on the system are great. Like, oh, yeah. it is it is a great topic to subscribe to. You get lots of interesting stuff about all the I would be like, up. Elon Musk, love him or hate him. <laughs> you need to pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you it, might as well subscribe. You it know? brings up a good point. It's like, when do you, um, like, for, for marketing pages and copy on a, on a product like this, like, where do you take a stance? Where do you sort of take a risk? I mean, if you make the whole thing vanilla, so vanilla, then it's just going to be like super boring. Well, I think you, I, th- I no, no, no. I, I, well, I think you need to have an opinion about, um, in a position in, 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 um, in reference or in regards to your product and your product positioning. Elon Musk has nothing to do with your product. Right. Correct. It's just it's just a random it's sort of a random thing to like take a position on, you know. Correct. Um yeah. but if you're saying, you know, what you're taking a position on is is access to information. Oh, we have too much information, do we have too little information? Do we just need more curated information? Does reading sites and tr- and, and and trawling through Facebook and Twitter is that a waste of time? I think your position should just be yes. Those yes. things are a waste of time because you 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 ask somebody who is sort of a, an information worker, a creative, a maker, whatever, you need to stay on top of a lot of different topics. You understand what's going on. Um, in the way that most people do it is reading through Google News, Hacker News, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, and those are rabbit holes, right? Those, those lead to, um, you know, hey, I just lost 45 minutes of my day i don't even know what happened i went and was just on twitter to see if anything happened anything was going on relative to my interest or my profession and next thing i know i'm in a twitter war with some jackass about whatever (laughs) some stupid thing right (laughs) right that's jackass will be the word of the day um (laughs) let's call please can we call this show jackass and so and so um your position is stay focused don't get distracted have the relevant information delivered to you in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really the position you should take is that we spend too much time um, searching information and, and, and putting ourselves in position to be um, prone to distraction and therefore less productive. Most people do not feel good after spending a lot of time being distracted. It's not like they go, oh, that was just awesome. I don't know what happened last hour and a half on Facebook, but... I'm so happy I did it. Most people are like, "Damn it, what did I just do?" You I mean, know. Since, so, since I, I think that's where you, I think that's the kind of thing you should take. Yeah, position. Well, no, it's not a super controversial decision. I mean, that that, position, that is kind of position. where that is. I mean, as you read through the sales page, that kind of is where we're with the position that we're taking. Um, but just anecdotally, um, since I've been getting my brief and Joe's been getting his brief, I have read at least ten full articles, which and never happens. Never happens. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, well, that's a shocker. I mean, I've been on the show with you for how like, long have we been doing this show together? <laughs> and I thirteen mean, I, years. I'm yeah, even I know. talking like read. articles that are like take you know five full minutes. They're longer than a whole page. They're I mean, just I'm like talking so multi-page articles. Specifically interesting to me, it's impossible to not read them end to end. 
Mm-hmm. That's really weird. And the and when I look at Joe's brief, because we, we can sort of see each other's one uh, CC'd in the inbox, like his stuff, I just, meh, meh. Your eyes glaze over. It's meh, right? <laughs> but Who he has, has fi- is finding interesting stuff. So that's quite interesting that you you don't, like no one's ever actually going to experience the power of it and, unless they actually try it. You can just yeah. sort of say it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally get it. Right. I mean, but I, I think I think you. I, what I would do is lean harder into the um, the sort of wasteland that is social media. The garb and the uh, the, the garbage uh, internet. Yeah. It, well, it's just. I think the problem is that. I think what you what you what you want to think about is not that this I mean I think that, it, that this is getting you information that you want to read I think is secondary I think primary is that you're getting it without being wasting a lot of time you're getting it more efficiently without and and uh, with with less opportunity to be distracted so what's it um god what's his uh, uh near I I can't remember his name a guy who wrote um Hooked, and he wrote. He's written written a recent book on um, distraction, and he's been going around giving talks. And you know, it's kind of this. Um, you know, it's a very topical thing, right? Is like, is social media bad for us? Is social media to- toxic for us? Is it like me, smoking was? Can you do me one favor? Um, just mm-hmm. click the link that I just sent you in the chat there, because I want to just. I didn't show you the homepage. Because I didn't want you to go into the tech demo part yet, because it's probably not. Yeah, well, I don't. I kind of don't like doing these um, no, it's, show it's, and tells. It's not over. a show and tell. It's it's just. I just want to just. Uh, I'm just going to quickly read the. Co- First of all, I want you to sort of see the design of it. Um, yeah, like I get, like I said, I don't think this is good radio. <laughs> but basically, look at stuff. Well, look. So, okay. so, sort of along the lines of what you're saying, the the art, the the headline here: avoid online garbage and get directly to life changing articles. We scan, filter, and rank over a million social posts every day. Then we send you a curated email uh, with links you need to know about each morning. I so would sort say of... avoid um, the distraction of online social of social media. Yeah, that avoid is very true. The in- avoid the inevitable distraction of online media. Get the information you want. That is nice. That is nice. Something like because that's really what's like. I'm winning online garbage. Is that really my problem? Is I see stuff? No, if I don't like it, I don't look at it. That's not the problem. The problem is that I get distracted. I like I it. I get pulled yeah, into, no, I get pulled into stuff that, that, um, hits the right dopamine receptors, right? I get angry. I look at something like, what the, you know, that's, that's why I, I told you about, I think Twitter might not be worth it because every time I get on there, I find myself getting distracted and getting annoyed because there's so much stuff that I think is just so dumb that people are saying. And it's just a total waste of time. It's a total waste of time. This is like a, it, this is like a know. customer interview right now. Like mm-hmm. you're you're just you're giving me great feedback, like as a well, as okay. a customer. <laughs> well, you said you don't like you said you like, you like to come to me later because I'm such a I'm so prickly and <laughs> such a such a uh, a critic. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, I'm just saying. I I think that's your thing. It's like look, okay. you know, um, I I I would it, and I think it's important to real. I mean, so, so, I think reality is that. And we talked about this a little before. I said, what's your hair on fire problem? And you're like, well, Jason, there it doesn't always have to be a hair on fire, your fire problem. Okay, fair enough. Not every product out there is solving a hair on fire problem. However, you do need to get the heart of a problem. People may not realize they have, but then they realize that they're like, God, you're right. You know, I did. I spent so much time in Reddit and Twitter and just, just getting involved in this 
back and forth with people who clearly had mental problems. And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't change anything. All I did is I wasted this week. I probably burnt seven to ten hours when I could have actually been doing something productive that I feel good about. And and right now, when people get to that realization, it's kind of like the nu- they take the nuclear option. They're like, I'm quitting social media. I'm never looking at the internet again. I'm just going to stop reading stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And they just they just go cold turkey. So how about an option... Uh, <laughs> Ricky Gervais has this great this great skit where um, he's he's talking about a documentary of like an American person who's super fat, like, mm-hmm. and they're they're eating like twenty hamburgers a day. And he's like he's like, you know, rather than go to cold turkey, how about you know nineteen hamburgers a day? <laughs> you know, it's like mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. This, just like yeah, as a little bit less. Like you don't have to go completely off. So this might be that intermediary. Well, you know, I mean, actually, I, 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 I don't, I, I think it avoids the problem altogether. And because the problem is that social media is attempting to trigger you to stay on there longer, right? And they're going to trick, and, and that's why all of these sort of, um, these headlines, um, these attention-grabbing headlines that you get from these, they're there to, to kind of get you irritated. That's why news is so polarizing polarizing email uh stories polarizing headlines stuff about death and destruction political stuff that just gets people triggered that's what pulls them in people like do hate reading right and that's why stuff has gotten so polarized yes yes. as opposed to you know 20 years ago when you just got a newspaper and you just read the newspaper now you might say well this newspaper is a little more left and this newspaper is a little more right generally speaking it was much more neutral they weren't they weren't doing they weren't a link bait headline everything wasn't so polarized but because of the way politics works, because of the way social media works, because of the way um, um, news and periodicals work in terms of how, they're, how they make money through ads and get people to stay on, it's all incentivized to distract you, to stay on the site, get you irritated, get you aggravated. But that's bad for us. First of all, we're oftentimes, it, 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 it gets your stress hormones going, Right. Um, it gets you uh, upset, it gets you distracted, um, burns your time, gets you off task, um, and usually it's like, well, what was the gain of any of that, right? <laughs> right, right. None of, of, it's very little, it's just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just like watching, you know, seven hours of reality TV. It's a total waste of time, it just makes you feel ill afterwards, like, why did I just watch, why just binge watch, you know, this, this garbage um, TV? So... But what you guys are is a solution to that. I think what you really want to do, I mean, so there's a great discussion on, um, what's it, Mike Maples Jr. has this um, podcast, I'll link to it, something like, I don't know, uh, Becoming Great or Great, something about, but it's about startups. And he was interviewing a couple of different people who hit on the same thing, which was, you want to be, t- you want to be part of a movement, okay? You don't want to talk about your product, you want to talk about the movement. You want to talk about something bigger than your product. And what you want to talk about is the toxic nature of social media and the toxic channels in which we're forced to go into in order to get the information we want or need. And what you're saying is like, look, by paying a small monthly fee, membership fee, you can skip all of that garbage 
all that distraction, mm. and you can get high quality signal. Like separate the signal from the noise because the noise just isn't a waste of time. The noise is actually bad for you. It's like junk food for your for your brain. It's really really good. I I'm so glad we had this discussion. So glad it was on air. Um, I love it. I love it. That's so good. Um, you know, you you reminded me of this. So I'm I'm subscribed to this uh, this news this mental models newsletter. Uh, mm. Models, uh, you can if anyone's interested in it, models.substack.com. And um, they sent something that's kind of uh, related to that, which is um, a, a study where people were looking for for a, you know advice or help. Basically, mm -hmm. if you're looking for advice or help on the internet, don't ask the question like, "Hey, can you help me solve this?" State something that's incorrect, because mm -hmm. people will find that irresistible and will just basically correct you and tell you the correct mm -hmm. thing. So you mm -hmm. just sort of, you know, vaguely go, "Yeah, I think I'm going to solve this problem like this," and then people are like, "No, no, that's not how you do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's why editing is always better than having create something from scratch. Just throw something out there that you can iterate on, which is the same kind of thing, right? Even for yourself, right? If you have a draft of something to work on. You know, if somebody can give you something to work on, you can build off of it. It's much easier. Um, it gives you more of a something, um, something to sink, sink your teeth into. Anyway, um, but yeah, man, I look. This is a very timely issue, and right now, a lot of people have, have re, are really focusing on this this problem, like well, the problem of social media, right? Mm. And that you could lead to lots of different types of problems. It leads to, but the one we're talking about here, of just being generally bad for your mental health, being bad for your productivity, being bad for your focus, all that kind of stuff. Like that is like totally obvious. And there is no solution because the business models of social media are such that they are incentivized to lean into those. So the only way you're going to solve this problem is having paid services that are not are not incentivized to keep you reading as much random crap and stuff from advertisers and stuff from other people that you're not interested. They're, they're, you, you guys are incentivized, look, just pay us a fair monthly price and we will give you the information you want. This well, is the solution. What about the fact that we link directly to if if the if the link is on Hacker News, if it's on Reddit, if it's on Twitter, wherever it is, we sort of link to that place so that they can get directly into a discussion about it on the platform of their choice. Well, I, I you know that undermines it a little bit. I mean there are always comments on stuff, but I think it's it's much less um it's not just sitting there scanning Hacker News, looking at it, looking at it, well, then clicking into something or looking think, at Twitter. I don't think it. Hacker News is... It's not as it's bad not as Facebook. So, it's, yeah, not a, okay. it's not really social media okay. like Facebook yeah. and Twitter, right? Yeah. And and sometimes the discussions... I mean, I'd be honest with you, like 75% of the time, I never go to the main article. I'll just read the discussion. Right. Exactly. Right, that, because... I mean, that's kind of the reason why we had to put it... Well, I felt it had to be there because I do the same thing. I, I like people. I like the Hacker News synopsis of, of stuff. But although now... With my with my new links that are so interesting, I'm actually clicking them, <laughs> but well, I'm looking at both places. <laughs> here's what you could do: when somebody sets up their thing, it's like, do you want links to discussions or not? Like, Good are point. you like yeah. total Spartan? Are you going to be a Stoic? You know, or <laughs> be like, true. don't you? You know, look, look. I am like, as far as information, inf online information, I'm like a vegan. Like, I'm hardcore, <laughs> man. Like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't want discussions. I don't want any. I just want the core information. That's cool, right? That's and then cool, you say, yeah. you know what? Like, hey, I want, I want links to relevant discussions. Yeah, I don't want to be, you know, on some main feed of a social media thing that's going to be primed to get me off task. So you could maybe set that up. Like, how how severe are you going? Are you going? Mm, are you going? Hardcore, or are you kind of like a, a a mix? And then you could you could even 
periodically send an email. I'll say, hey, you know, you've been, uh, how's this working out for you? You've been looking, you've been having discussions included. Would you like to try and go without discussions? You know, that's, or not? That, that's a really good point. That's something that I was thinking about is like in the last section of the email, always having a bunch of actions that could be helpful and interesting to do. Like, for example, you know, maybe suggest like two or three tangentially related topics that they might want to follow or suggest something like that. Hey, you know, would you, do you want to play around with this? Like removed it. Yeah, that's perfect. I love it. Okay. But what I would do is I would spread them out. I wouldn't do more than one. I mean, it's a morning brief, right? You have five, seven days a week that they're going to get the, the email. They can choose. Right? They can get, they, they can get it. So, so they can get a summary of a week. They can get it a couple of days a week when it'll be a summary of the lot, you know, like on a three day period, they can do a summary of a month. It's their choice, but it yeah, by default here, is morning. Here's, I think here's the reality. I, okay. A couple things. One, when you ask people to do three things, they do none of them. You ask them to do one thing that the probability that they're going to do that one is higher, that they're going mm. to look at one thing. So if you send somebody an email with three paragraphs, there's real little chance that they're going to read it anytime soon. If you send them one sentence with one question, sure. they reply. Love right. It. And I used to find this, you know, anyway, I won't go to a whole story on it, but, but the point is, if you live it with one action item per day at most, and you might want to even make it a little less, people, people don't want to feel stressed. Like, dude, like, yeah, not, not even every yeah. day. I wasn't even thinking every day. I mean, yeah. if you're sending 365 a year, you've got a lot of chance. That's, that's kind yeah. of another beautiful thing. You got about a lot of surface it. area. Um, you got a lot of surface area. So, right. So you could, yeah. but I think mostly what you want to do is, is since they're paying you, is like, how do I make this service more effective for you? And I think one of the things you want to do, which we talked about with the um, that article by Superhuman about the, the 40%. product market. Yeah. Well, what they would do is like, what is your primary benefit? Why do you like this? And if people are like, my primary benefit is it saves me time. It keeps me from getting distracted. Then you need to keep yourself focused on keep making them even less and less distracted. Yeah. Less distracted. Not more topics. Not more topics. Less topics. You know, just paring it down to the core thing. Um, you know, because you may find out, it's like, oh, I, saw, I initially wrote 12 topics. Uh, I listed 12 topics. It turns out maybe I only need seven. Actually, and then I might say, it's like, you know, it's actually four. Those other things are just kind of waste. And then I'll actually follow the four. Right, I'd rather follow four and stay on top of four than be sort of sort of on top of eight or nine. A question for you. So let's say you put in um, twelve. Like, so let's say you put in twenty potential topics. You know, let's say you put in an Elon Musk, a mathematics. By the way, great stuff in mathematics, um, uh, like cooking or whatever. <clears throat> but you put in some some esoteric stuff, like some really you know granular stuff. Mm -hmm. Something like. Um, well, I mean, what's a, what's a framework that you like using that you that you use? Something really specific that you can think of. Or maybe I'll say Laravel. Okay. Yeah, because I don't use frameworks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, you don't. You only write your own frameworks. Okay. So I one thing I follow is Laravel. And mm -hmm. basically, it, on average, puts about, there's about three links a week for that. Mm -hmm. So the way that it works is, you know, you, you have like 15 things or 20 things in there. And if, if Laravel's there in that day, it could... It could that could be one of your topics. How would you like it to be? Given what I just said, would you prefer that it it was always just you sorted, you set the order, and then if anything was available, it just did it in that order, or would you prefer it that it did it by signal rank and always pulled the highest signal rank uh, topic sections to the top? Well, it really depends on how good your signal is, I guess. 
you know, and I wouldn't know until I tried it. So if your signal was like really good, I'm like, yeah, this is good stuff. It's like, you know, go to Netflix and it says, hey, 97% match. You're like, this thing sucks. Why is it recommending this to me? Okay. Like, your signal sucks. You know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know how good your match signal is. Either way, so, you're going to lose stuff. So if, if it's just by ordering stuff, you know, just, just, just your, because at the moment we're just doing it by ordering, but we also have the capability to do it by signal. So yeah. I guess, so you'd want, you want to choose the different things. You'd want the option to test it. I would. You might be something you might want to experiment with. You might test, maybe ask some people, maybe just kind of see what works better, see what the engagement is after one or the other. People don't know, right? Like, I don't know, you know? Just here's what people want. Give. I want to feel like I'm getting really high-quality, relative information. I'm not getting distracted. That's what I want, you know? And I, I think you and I think you want to focus. I think you sort of want to get in this philosophy of less is more, in every case, avoid distraction. You don't want to waste their time either, right? Like, I don't want to get you involved in these, all these surveys and you have to figure all this crap. Like, dude, just... Argh. Like, you know when Rails came out and they were like, they were convention over configuration, right? Yeah. Just skip all that XML you know, configuration crap. Like, look, we said in a bunch of opinionated but very com, um, practical um, default settings and you're good, you're good. And 98% of you're good. And I think that should be for you, for you guys. It's like, if I... If, Hey, we're going to keep you guys from distracted. Now you have all this long configuration thing. We're like, Jesus Christ, I got all these new to-do items to do. So I just think you want to think in terms of that is, is like align everything about what you guys are doing with the movement of, of, of removing distraction and, um, and keeping people on task with the and giving the, delivering the information that they need. That's and want. That's it. All right. So I have, um, I w with, we're sort of like 25 minutes in, um, and I, I do have a bunch of other stuff to say about this, but, you know, we could circle back to it or I could keep yeah, that's going. that's good. We can go for a little bit. It's fine. So, um, well, a couple of things I wanted to say about it. Um, and I'll, you can tell me what sounds interesting to you. You know, one of them is with, with, we're following the thesis of a thousand launches. And I, I don't know if that's a public thesis. I think I might have just made that up. But I'm just saying a thousand launches is what we're doing. That's so basically it's sort of what I preach in Nugget. And it's yeah, like, no, there is no one launch. Well, I remember talking to you about that. Like, you were you were getting so um, uh, caught up in like the launch being perfect. I'm like, there is no one launch moment. There dude. is no I one mean, launch. This, it's this. It's 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 so fleeting. There is no moment. Every moment is fleeting. So just don't worry about it. Just launch and relaunch and relaunch. Nobody remembers anything anyway. They're like, hey, have I seen this thing before? Sounds familiar. I don't know. You know. <laughs> but, but even in terms <laughs> of remembers. even in terms of sales, like we're not even thinking about. So, so the the way that we've got the whole thing set up is we have five thousand uh, beta beta tester slots available, okay. and the first thousand will sell for a hundred bucks per slot, and it's lifetime. Mm -hmm. You get lifetime access. So this, it's not going to be a subscription service anytime soon. It's lifetime access uh, for the foreseeable mm -hmm. future. Um, mm -hmm. It will shift to subscription. So basically, first thousand seats are a hundred bucks. The next thousand seats are one hundred and fifty bucks. The next thousand seats are two hundred bucks. Up going up to five thousand seats, um, so that sort of sounds like on the surface you could sell five thousand seats at those price points and make a million bucks, but we're not thinking about that. I mean, like this this launch right now, this is the actual launch, the first original launch, the texting launch. This is to texting listeners. I'm expecting, I'm hoping for five sales. <laughs> you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not hoping for like 200 sales or a thousand sales or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that, so that's the other point about these thousand launches. It's like, so the, the, the launches that I'm thinking about our first launch is texting, you know, maybe mm -hmm. we'll get five people. Next launch is going to be the nugget mailing list, you know? 
Um, and then they'll get to a special landing page that's specifically targeted towards them. And hopefully we'll make, you know, get like five or 10 sales from that. Mm-hmm. Then we'll send it to, the, to Joe's compelling list and, you know, hopefully another 10 sales. Then we'll do an indie hackers post, hopefully mm-hmm. get another five or 10. So we're just going to keep grinding away. Every yep. time someone joins the system, they'll get the option to be part of our Slack. And then we'll talk to them in Slack, just like I'm having this conversation with you and I'm getting this amazing feedback. And then we will plumb that back into the product and then get a little bit more, I guess, professionalized the launch each time. Mm -hmm. Working up to the point of a product hunt launch where I do believe we could get a couple of hundred sales from a product hunt launch, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I would imagine that would be in a few months time, like Mm -hmm. three three months time. But my ultimate goal is to try and sell 5,000 seats by Jan 1 next year. Now, that would, you know, there's there's other lots of other things that I have in mind for that. Like another thing, for example, is to take the 4,000 ideas that I have in Nugget and SEO them, make them completely SEOable. And then I think that will bring a large amount of traffic because the, because when you have that surface area on Google. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's what, what's the, the lesson of growth hacking is that you, um, it's no one thing. It's lots and lots of things. You try a lot, you keep doing, just grinding, doing lots and lots of different stuff. And some's going to work great, some's going to work okay, and some's not going to work at all. And some might work over time as you figure stuff out. A lot of it seems to be like, like you said, sequ- sequence, being yeah. sequential. This will work better later. This will work earlier. A show hacker news thing, a some content marketing some stuff. Posts, yeah, you know, but but I but I think um, <clears throat> I think if you can align yourself with a movement of uh, of a of a high focus movement, then I then really love it. There's, there's a few places where it's a bit a bit prog- problematic. One of them is the links to the comments, and the other one is that the first the first big release after this is going to be basically a dashboard that's going to let you just spend time flicking through different stuff. So you could say that's just a super efficient way of finding really good content. It's not, but it's not limited to just a couple of links. Like it's, it's like a playground of amazing data. Um, so but the question is, is that what people want? You know, the question is that's, 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 you know, the hypothesis, basically yeah. what I'm suggesting is that I think, um, you know, I, I think that, I think you just have to flip the problem around. It's like it's not that people can't find good information; it's that they get sucked down rabbit holes. Yeah, that's the problem. It's, it's so, a, so, so that's I, the I could be wrong, but that's what holes. I think. But I think yes, that's the problem. That, like I'm looking at my inbox. Okay, here let me let me just give you for instance. <clears throat> yeah. So I subscribed to the New York Times and the Washington Post year and a half ago or two years ago because I got tired of clicking on links in Hacker News and I'm able to read the damn article. Right. Right. Um, and I haven't subscribed to everything like The Economist and Forbes and The Wall Street Journal. A few of them, I'm just like, <sighs> you know, I can't, I'm not going to subscribe to like 15 things. Right. So I subscribe to those two, and each one sends a morning digest. Right. So I get those two. Plus, they both send like stupid, like virtual programs that someone's, I've had to since, you know, um, unsubscribe to. And then I've, I've subscribed to a few Substack things right yeah so every day it feels like i get five to seven like links that are either full-on like articles like hey you know and it's interesting stuff you know it's thoughtful interesting stuff or it's a list of a bunch of articles and it's like a to-do list it's like my inbox is my to-do list and i now i'm just adding tasks of stuff i have to do now you would say, well, Jason, you know, configure inbox. So that's true. I need to configure my inbox to just send this all to some kind of news thing, which becomes essentially the new Google reader, right? Right. And, 
but I'm I'm really in a point where I'm frustrated with all of this being inundated with all of this stuff because it's still you know, very um, it's still not specific. It's so you you've you've subscribed to a few different lists. It's hard to describe the difference, but when it's so damn specific, yeah. That well, I'm just saying my, the, my problem is well, I'm just saying the problem right. is that's no, true, but the problem is I have too much information that mm. that honestly is not actionable. None of this is actionable no. information. It's all just me interesting things that are happening in the world that I think are relevant to stay that I want to read. But you know, look at it, it's like, you know, what does this this person's you know fifteen hundred word essay on something? What does it have to do with anything with my life? Really? Well, I Nothing. I agree. I mean, so I basically um, agree with you, and but but it it I do think that there's useful in this other this other thing. Um, so for example. When you have a when you have a break, there is something nice about going to a place like Hack and Use, and yeah. spending you know fifteen minutes looking through. The problem is, Hack and Use is so random. That's that's the problem. Uh, what that this what I want is I want to go to a place and it gives me ten posts about Laravel, but that are the quality of kind of Hack and Use, mm -hmm. and so I've just got my few topics. So. I didn't quite appreciate how good the morning brief was going to be. In fact, I wasn't hugely sold on it until I've got it in the morning now every morning for the last few weeks. It's way better than I expected. But the but the part of this that I've really been looking forward to is the hack and use for everything part. So I just want to be able to to put in my specific things, have something like hack and use and just get the absolute best article so that uh, I can Yeah, like a personalized hack and use. No, 50, I, I get it. 15 I, minutes, you know, of of wasting time but really like much more productive wasting time, if that makes sense. Is but you're really right. Like avoiding the social media cesspit. So getting really interesting stuff that completely avoids the cesspit of social media. Well, cesspool is actually the word. But the point they is, they say cesspit in England. Come they? on, man. You're just you, faking it. No, I'm not. not. It's I have other English friends. I'm going to ask them about. This you one. ask them cesspit. I swear, <laughs> Google. In fact, if you just Google cess. Space P. I bet Pit and Paul okay, come okay, up. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. Um, this is, the, you know, my prayer. What why I would be interested in a product like this versus not interested, and you are are different. And I think what you're going to have to find out is you're going to have to do this survey, this superhuman yeah. type thing. You have to survey and find out why people want it. Is it keeps me from being distracted? Helps me get information I wouldn't otherwise find. What is it? Yes. Which one is it? Right? They're related, but not the same thing. And you need to figure that out. Now, if it turns out that, like, you just have all of these sort of information hogs, are like, I just need more information on this thing. I can't miss <laughs> a thing, you know, then you need to double and triple down on that. And if, but if it's you like, you couldn't have hey, two I, editions, you couldn't have like an, like one edition, which is like your, which was specifically targeted at people who, who are like you. And one edition who's targeted at people. So we like have me. like, so we have the, we have the, the information info hogs. Yeah. Right. And then you have the Stoics. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, who am I? Who are we serving here? Now, the problem is and that, that by again, re you should reread that article about from Superhuman. We try to reread that like every month. Okay. That is just amazing. But is you really don't have the bandwidth to solve to go after two separate constituencies. Right. And, or, and, and secondly, uh, to serve them correctly. So pick one and do it right. If you're trying to do everything at one time, you're probably not going to do a great job for either of them, and you're probably going to make the product more confusing and more complex. Also, you're going to 
confu- have confused messaging. So if you're aligning yourself with some movement, like well, what movement are you find, find, aligning yourself with? It's like, we're too distracted these two days. We're too dependent on social media information. We are. To- we have to detox from this stuff. We need to, we're going to, you know, for, don't worry about the stuff. We'll give you the information you need. Okay, that's your, is that your pitch? Keep it simple. Or it's like, uh, you know. So, so again, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, so I'll, I'll, I'll stop. But I think you just need to make a, make a choice. But the only way you're going to really be informed choice is if once you start getting people using it, like really don't, uh, these are not surveys that you send out when they're signing up. These not surveys after a couple of days. This is after they've used it for a couple of weeks. They've actually used it for a couple weeks. Then yeah. you start seeing all these surveys, and then you start, and you're chopping up the data, and you try to understand the people who would be very disappointed if they can no longer use it, what's the primary benefit? That's so, your key signal. So a big part of re- uh, the reason of launching it to texting people is because um, a lot of listeners have, have sort of known me for two to five to ten years. So of those first five people who sign up and pay that hundred bucks, I feel like they will be the most forgiving <laughs> with regard to bugs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm expecting uh, those people to uh, sign up and check it out and then start sending an onslaught of uh, bug reports, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> just absolutely fine. That's just part of the process. I, you know, I mean, people understand that. Beta test, I think. Um, yeah. Well, a couple of other things, I guess. Uh, I don't know whether you want to keep talking about this, but a couple sure. of other things. One is that... Um, I thought people might want to know like a split of, you know, between myself and Joe, what, who's doing what? Um, mm. I don't know if you think that's interesting or not. Well, I, I can probably guess. Let me All guess. Right. He's, doing, he's doing most of the stuff with the back-end database stuff, with the, all the processing. You're doing most stuff with the brand stuff and the landing page and, and the, the UI, correct? Pretty almost, um, and you meet I, in the middle with building a little bit of Laravel infrastructure, and you guys—that's where—that's the seam, right? It's like, oh, we should build something that manages this, and this is how it fits in the Laravel framework, and I'll write a thing, right? That's where you mix. But he goes off and works on all the backend stuff. Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, I think it's more like um, I'm doing the UX front end design journeys and the app and the back end to support that eighty five percent. The, yeah, that's that's what I mean. That's what you're doing. All the that's right. There's like this fifteen percent where we're yeah we're talking through stuff, and then that's yeah. the same for him doing the tagging, the ranking, machine learning, taxonomies, and stuff. Yeah, because like if that. you're doing the ta- machine learning stuff, you guys would be in trouble. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's very <laughs> that true. Would be a problem. But but it's funny that it's funny that you say that. Like there is there is the I, I, you've mentioned that a couple of times, but um, I do have some experience in different stuff like that. I mean, you know, I did build um a spam engine that one time. Um, using uh, Bayesian uh, analysis. Um, How do you... But you don't know Bayesian analysis. How would you use it? Well, do you use an I, don't know, I don't know the exact math of it, but I do I do know how to like build it based off... Um, well, I built it based off Paul Graham's plan for spam. And so okay. so I you know built the tables, did it, did all the stuff. So, you okay. know, while, while I don't know like the, the specifics behind the math, I have done mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. I mean, don't forget, like, when I work for um, First Consult, I built an entire search engine from the ground up. So it's not like I'm completely, you know, not back-end guy. Well, I'm not saying you're not back-end guy, but, I mean, <coughs> I mean, I know, where you're, I know what you like to do, and I know yeah. what your strengths are. You like to think about the brand and the, the user journey stuff. That's where, you, that's where you get your dopamine hit, is working on that stuff, see that stuff come alive. I do, but, I mean, I'm just as, I mean, I, I, I do... But I'm 
quite fascinated by backend work and in many ways enjoy backend work more because it's such a defined, like, there's nothing... The problem with front-end stuff is it's super frustrating and difficult. It's so unspecified and undefined. So it's like the most painful work that I do. Like, so mm -hmm. while I do enjoy it and I want to make sales, the actual enjoyment of coding, I enjoy much more, I don't know, passing a, a web page <laughs> or just building stuff, you know, just like making stuff work because it's like solving Sudoku puzzles. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, just want to just... Realign okay. That, that, okay. That so yes. Yeah, so Justin is the machine learning expert. No, I'm no. I'm, <laughs> I'm not the machine learning expert, but I'm I'm saying like um you know I do talk with Joe about it. I mean we we do discuss it. Okay. And, yeah. Um. Okay. So uh, the other pieces that you you didn't mention was infrastructure, and I would say that's eighty percent me uh, because mm -hmm. of the salt stack. You know, setting up all the all the machines and stuff. Not that mm -hmm. Joe couldn't do it, but just that I've already got all these libraries to do it. Yeah, well, I would think, yeah, I mean, given what you've done with Modern Teacher, I would assume that's what you've been doing. Um, I'm, I, I'm guessing most of the listeners would probably assume the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, yeah. So that I mean, people, people have listened to you for you know, years, so people know what you, what you do. <laughs> so I um, think it's a big... So I guess so. Th th then there's probably no point mentioning the tech because it's pretty obvious it's going <laughs> to. We've already mentioned it. The only, the only part is that, Joe, I guess, just knowing that Joe's doing his, his piece in Python. Um, and then there was one other really? thing. Really, he's doing it in Python, huh? Yeah. Why? Oh, interesting. I language of well, choice. Pi Python is slow as Christmas. It is so. I mean, because we've been using that for some stuff, and it's just like, you know, because Ju Justin. But what you telling me about this opcache thing that you can plug into it? Opcache, like this cache thing that you can plug into it. You you talk no, about, about a number. It's yeah. A, it's a. It's a. It's a, yeah. So. Um, okay, so, okay, Python by itself is slow, because it's interpreted, it's dynamic, it's, it is like as slow as you get. Um, you can speed things up by using libraries like NumPy, and, you know, where you do, but you have to go through and you do lots of annotate, you have to annotate a bunch of stuff, I mean, you're kind of, it's like a pseudo-language, or, you know, on top of the language, it's like, or, but usually I think you really call specific types of functions, like, you don't have to do it with a lot of the stuff you're doing, because you really have to just make the, the inner loops fast, mm. right, so he may, maybe he's, that's what he's doing, maybe he's like, well, you know, Jason's right, Python's slow, but of the 450 functions there are or there are 12 that do like 95 percent of the of the computational work and i use numpy and therefore it's good so that's that 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 might, might be true you know that might be true because you know that's why python is so big in um in the data science machine learning space they just they lean on numpy and Sidekit and all Joe stuff. was uh, was meant to be well. I I did invite him on the show, but it was too late. You know, he was going to be on this episode, but um, mm -hmm. his uh, his dad had a uh, his mom and dad had a wedding anniversary today. But right. he, it'd be great if he was here to answer these questions. But maybe he'll he'll answer. He'll probably. It. I'm sure he'll answer. Post a comment, comments. right? But you know, so <laughs> so the the not you, but the Justin who's working with me on Math Academy. Yeah. So he's done all the, um, you know, he's doing all sort of the. Um, the algorithm development for our um, diagnostic, you know, which is something I've been talking to you about. Mm -hmm. And doing a grid search, he's like, well, if I have to add the parameter, the grid search is going to take four hours. I'm like, good God. I'm like, why don't we, um, you know, can't you write it in number or can't you, you know, do, and he's like, well, it turns out that like some of the stuff that 
I would need to do is still in the experimental stage and this and that. And I'm just like, ah, you know, he's like, well, and so he's like, I don't think it's that big a deal for X, Y, and Z reasons. I'll just, you know, I'll let it, I'll run it tonight. But I was like, you know, in the future, if we really, we really had to do this stuff a lot, I would use Julia because Julia is like Python, but 400 times faster. I mean, it's very succinct. It is very clean. It's compiled. They have an interpreter, so you can use that, you know, REPL, right? Um, but it is, un, it is for, for that kind of stuff, it's unbelievable. I mean, there was this one guy, data science, uh, data scientist or something, who was writing about it. He would, did the, you know, Py, I think I talked about it in the previous one, using Python versus NumPy versus Dumba versus Julia. And Julia turned to be 400 times faster. It was still like, Four, ten times faster than number. It was incredible. It's funny that you mentioned that because in Joe's brief, he follows Python. And there's been a couple of briefs where Julia articles have popped up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, he, he might want to... not Python. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like... They're like kissing cousins. I mean, if you look at Python, you look at Julia, you'd be like, okay, it looks... It, Julia is, at least from a, like, um, syntax perspective, it's like 90% the same, you know? Um, you don't use you know, indent, use an end to, def to define the end of a block. And you don't have objects, you just have structs, which you just always pass as the first parameter by convention if it's sort of like a method, if it's acting like a method. Um, but beyond that, you know, you can, you can pass parameters as undefined types, just like a, a dynamic type, just like you do in Python or JavaScript. Or you can set, like, it is float or int or whatever. And that helps things, speed things up even more. Um, but anyway, I, I've done a fair amount of Python, uh, J uh, Julia now because of the, the crypto project I was working on. And, you know, the two guys I work with, and I mean, they're like, they are Julia zealots. I always like talk shit to them about Julia just to get them <laughs> aggravated. <laughs> like, I don't know, you know. I think I, You're like, doing that know. trick of like saying bad stuff, saying wrong stuff. I just, just hey, to get um, them aggravated. I just but, but anyway, check. They, you did click record at the beginning of this show, right? I think so. Okay, good. <laughs> Let me see. Where is it? Don't do it to me. Yeah, 52 minutes. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, I would recommend, I'm sure, I'm sure he's vaguely aware of it, but here's the oh, thing. You, I wait, mean, wait, wait, wait. Please finish that sentence. You would recommend to Joe that he should use Julia? Uh, he should take a look at oh. it. Oh, Take a look at it. I don't worry. I can do whatever the hell you want. I'm just saying you should look at it because you might go, hey, this is, this is like learning Portuguese if you know Spanish or vice versa. I mean, it's kind of similar, right? <laughs> um, and um, it's not that hard to learn. I mean, you could, I mean, I learned Julia like not, it was super fast. And it was just like learning Python. Like I learned Python in real time. I'm literally typing stuff. And I'm like, yep, yep. Was as fast as I type. It was like obvious what Python should, how Python should work in most cases. If you knew like... Like I hadn't programmed in a lot of these sort of, you know, C++ derivatives. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who use Julia for stuff. It's pretty, it's it's not like it's a new thing. It's been around for, since like 2009 or 12 or something like that. All right, this is my last thing I'm going to say about this. Then we'll move on to, All right, to, okay. to your stuff. Okay, so uh, I, from the discussion that we've had on the show so far, you and me, I've getting the sense that people might be under the impression that we're doing something like TFIDF, um, term frequency. I don't know what the hell that is. A term frequency, inverse document frequency, statistical tagging. So basically this idea of uh, that you, you were talking about TF, last show. What's it called? TF what? TF? 
TFIDF. Yeah, for anyone who thinks we're using TFDF, we are not. <laughs> Just to make that <laughs> really clear. Okay? Like, I'll make that really okay, clear. Okay, basically, it was. It There's was like one idea. guy. He's like, hey, sounds kind of like TFDF. Everybody's like. <laughs> <laughs> I just I to clarify that now because I don't I don't want to put the camera those assholes. Okay, well, I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> well, you know, like you so basically you were saying last last time you you were like counting how many you know counting how many times a word appeared in an article doing you know okay do, doing stuff like that. So it's it's not just that, but um, I, but I it's sort of secret saucy to get into it. But um, one thing that I wanted to talk about that we are doing that's kind of cool is secret saucy. <laughs> That should be your title, your blog. <laughs> Secret Saucy. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> okay, go on. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. No, no, please do. No, you need to interrupt and say those funny things. I like Okay. Okay. So, um, term, uh, so basically. No, no, it should be Secret and Saucy. <laughs> It's secret and saucy. <laughs> that's that's the blog right there. <laughs> Morning brief. Secret and saucy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I love it. Well, okay. So th- so one thing that we're doing that's secret and saucy is we're not just using one taxonomy. We're using multiple taxonomies. And we're sort of determining the mm-hmm. best one to use. So that's another part of it. So it's there's signal ranking. Then there's different taxonomies, and those taxonomies have different perspectives and mm-hmm. different strategies. And so we're using, you know, all of that together to push out the best stuff to you. Well, thank God for that clarification. <laughs> <laughs> really, really appreciate it. <laughs> really. I'm so glad I brought up that last point. It was just really makes me feel good. It cleared everything up for everybody. <laughs> um, all right. Well, look, look. If you if you um, are if you think that you'd be interested in signing up to Morning Brief, I as a texting listener, I would really appreciate that. Um, just go to morningbrief.ai. Um, you can check it out and start playing with the kind of email that you might get with the brief builder there. And then um, if you do join it it costs 100 bucks um please do join the slack and start submitting those bug reports and that is the end of that's my it you're wrapping brief. it up that's, that's a wrap. the end of my running brief <laughs> <That's> session <just> like, <laughs> as always all right now it's afternoon brief <laughs> it's like this damn th- morning not so brief <laughs> yeah the, yeah this wasn't so brief this section was not brief <laughs> Not so brief. Not so brief. Brief. Okay. All right. So to look, Math Academy. What's going on? What's 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 up in the Jason world? Oh well, let's see. So the big thing that I just launched on Thursday was the diagnostic, which was a bear. So we've been working on this thing for like, well, let's see. So Justin has been working on it, um, really hard for probably a couple months. I would say. What are you laughing at? What are you snickering Secret at? Secret and saucy. <laughs> <laughs> Secret and saucy. So um, anyway, so he's been working on this thing. And I started I started to get involved in sort of in- integrating it into the infrastructure. I mean, he and I would spend a lot of time, probably how you and, jo- and Joe do, spending time discussing the trade-offs and how this thing should really work and da-da-da and all that stuff. And, um, and so Sandy kept saying, she's like, look, we're launching the summer program for the Math Academy students on 21st. Is this thing going to be ready? 
right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be ready. It's totally going to be ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally going to be ready. And, of course, she knows better than that. But she's like, is this, you know, every few days, you know, okay, is this going to be ready? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. totally. And, of course, <laughs> it's not ready by one day. So, eventually, I mean, the, the algorithm was seen to be working, but it was, like, integrating the whole thing into the system. And, I mean, there were some issues that we had to work out in terms of the algorithm itself, I guess. But, um <clears throat> And then I had problems. I had to send emails two days in a row. I said, okay, I am so sorry, but we're going to have to do this one more day. And then I go, oh, I'm sorry, one more day. So I had to do that twice. <laughs> so instead of on Tuesday, launching on So Tuesday, this isn't just a Saturday. This is to, the, to everyone. This is to everyone. Well, it was 30 families who had signed okay. up for the summer. Yeah. So we had 80 families sign up and do the summer program, but 30 for self-paced. Um, okay. Because we have our instructors teaching classes on problem solving and you know, whatever, multivariable calculus or cal- calculus prep or whatever they, they're teaching. And, um, but we also offered self-paced because a lot of families are like, eh, you know, my kid prefers self-paced or we're traveling or we're, a lot of them are going to do it in conjunction. They're going to do the problem solving class, but they also went to the self-paced because it's like a boot camp prep for whatever their upcoming class is. Anyway, the point is I finally got the thing out um, right as our friends finished it right before we took off to come to Vegas to visit Sandy's parents, right? So it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, Sandy's like, well, we're going to leave <laughs> like a couple hours. And I'm just like typing like mad, finally get the thing out. And then actually I send the email to all the parents and do the final step while we're on the road to Vegas. I'm like typing on my laptop. And um, so we have, um, so far we've had six kids go through it. Um, kids all the way trying to take a diag who finished their first year of integrated math one two which is like algebra one two trigonometry that kind of stuff geometry and up to up through kids who are going into stuff like abstract algebra differential equations and it is amazing how well this thing is working because i'm looking at the kids and i'm looking okay i know this kid i know where they're weak and strong i know what they just took and i'm looking at it and it says okay here are the things that they're give, given credit for in the next upcoming year right because they might know some stuff and here are all the things that they need to work on that they don't know so well, what they're, they're what we call the knowledge frontier and it just nailed it it was, just, it was funny we were doing some testing on um i think this was uh, i don't know last weekend and we were i said okay let's pretend that i'm this kid you know because i looked at one kid's history and i'm going to answer the question I'll go through the diagnostic which is adaptive so depending depending it on what you answer it gets either harder or easier typically and um and at the end it goes i goes yeah i got you know she got credit for all of these calculus topics but it's kind of weird they didn't get credit for um the product and quotient role in calculus and i was like cuz i know i know chris's class i know they covered that cuz Aerie's in the class and i know they did some of that and he goes oh the reason is is that and when we cover the the product and quotient role we expect them to know trigono- the, the, the derivatives of trigonometric functions, which are a prerequisite for this. Chris kind of skipped around that and didn't, and just sort of did polynomials. I'm like, oh, there, then it's perfect. <laughs> like, that's like literally found it. So, um, that's from 10 questions? Actually, 25. So, what we did, we think, we think we can be really, we think we can probably get down to at least 20, maybe even less than that. But Justin wanted to do just to play it safe. Since, since yeah. all the data that we're testing on is just fake data, just simulated students. 
like we would just kind of make up clusters. This is what this is how many kids would know this, and this is what they know that. But people aren't going to care about twenty twenty five. I mean, if it's giving them their the next year's coursework, what do they care? I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it right. There is some point where it's like, oh, this is a long, arduous test, which is yeah. well, this is a fifteen twenty minute test. So if the shorter you can make it. You want to make as short as you as short as possible without losing any significant degree of accuracy, right? It's most important that it's accurate. Well, how long does 20, 20, 20 questions? Twenty five questions. Oh, you know they probably let's see. So probably what will happen is a third, maybe a third or more of the questions I literally say I don't know because we're we're constantly saying, do you know this? Do you not know that? Can you do this? And you're like, I, I don't know that. Don't know. Which means you're probably not. You're pro- if you have twenty questions, you're probably going to answer. 12, 13 of them. Oh, okay. Right? And each one, let's take, takes an average on a minute to a minute and a half. Huh. You know, maybe two minutes, maybe two minutes if you're like, ah, I kind of know that. So, you know, even if it's two minutes, right, you're, you're talking 20 to 30 minutes. That sounds, I mean, pretty, it already sounds very good. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. I was like, when we're in the drive to, we're, so we're driving to Vegas, I'm just like, oh, I'm, just like, oh, I'm so happy this is done because it worked because the ui works really well it's like you know you're going through it and it's like adapting and it's like coming up with new questions why don't you are you still going to release it as its own like marketing concept well yeah what we're going to do is we're going to make it so that anybody can take a diagnostic that's free you can say oh i want to take a diagnostic for calculus i want to take a diagnostic for differential equation a diagnostic for algebra one whatever it is and um and yeah and then what it'll do is allow you to just type in your email or whatever or actually don't even do that maybe just get started at the end hey do you you know do you uh here's here's like a, a learning plan or here's here's what you know and don't know right would you like to create a learning plan on the system and, and do the system yeah if not here here we'll just download this pdf i guess you know cool it's so like it's obvious that you'd rather do it on the system because okay download the pdf go find a tutor <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, no, like, ah, 10 times more headache, way more. So, hey, you know what? You don't have to use us. You can do whatever you want. No, but you, you were saying that teachers could use it, you know, Absolutely. Like, as a marketing idea. So teachers could, could use it to, to work out where their students are at. Absolutely. So I think, I think what could happen is teachers could say, well, I'm just going to have all my kids take it. And then not only will give every kid an individual learning plan, but it'll kind of cluster them into groups and say, well, there's, here's a group that's kind of here. Here's a group here. So they, you can you know, differentiate a little bit among them, help them out a little bit. And then if they want to say, well, or, you know, if you could say, well, um, I want these kids to use the system for remediation. So every time I have kids coming to say my calculus class, they're always weak on these things. And it really drags the class because they don't remember their trigonometry or whatever it is. Right. And that's to go and I spend this time teaching them, but I think we, I shouldn't be doing that. So the system will remediate that for all the kids get all those kids caught up while we're moving forward with basic calculus concepts right you could totally see a teacher doing that it's like it's not like well i'm not gonna let a robot take over my class you know how that's not right and then pretty soon they're like oh you know what <laughs> i'll just let it do the remediation and then i'm like the six months later you're later you know these weekly automated quizzes are kind of good you know and like pretty soon they're like screw it you know what i mean it's like let's just let them Let's skip class. Just just do uh, Math Academy. <laughs> we'll, just, yeah. we'll just bring computers into the class and the kids can just all work on Math Academy. Well, nowadays, it's very, very common for kids to all have like a Chromebook in class. Yeah. Like, that is just like, especially in our school district, like from like sixth grade up, every kid has an assigned Chromebook, right? They bring back and forth. They don't give it back over the summer, right? Can you just and like, that's very common. Can you just migrate? So once you've got this, nailed this, and this is all done, 
Then can you just do a childcare bot? So yeah, that <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. It's a little outside of our. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was that was really. I mean, I was Congrats, man! Congrats. It felt like it felt like nice. finals week in college. Like after you're done, you're just like, oh my god, you know, because I'm up past midnight, like day after day, working seven days a week, and I'm just like. You know, and the clock's ticking louder and louder, and Sandy's looking at me like, are you really going to have this done? You know, and <laughs> I'm sending emails out to parents, go, I'm sorry, one more day. You know, luckily I got lots of nice emails from parents. They're like, oh, don't worry about it. We so appreciate this program. You you guys are amazing. You know, so it's like, it's not like people are like, wow, this is really unacceptable. This was, you know, everybody's very, you know, appreciative and, mm-hmm. and forgiving. And so um, that's been nice. But um Anyway, like I said, I think the diagnosis is going to be a, a huge deal. So, um, you know, in terms of our, our ability to, as, a, as sort of a growth tool, right? So what else? What else? Well, so um, let's see. <laughs> well, there's a bunch of things I could talk about. But one thing I'll talk about is the, uh, so before that, I was working on, as in like about a week and a half ago, I was working on animations. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah you haven't okay. talked about that before no you haven't tell me okay. well maybe you have like joke my memory no i don't think i have i, pr- I probably have it so um you know i told alex i'm like look what's the status of the fifth through eighth grade stuff because i, d- I want i want everything from fifth grade on up i don't want this like well we have fifth grade but you know big hole in our content you know like because i know that stuff was kind of close but so he went back to it and he said well you know we got some work to do so he's been working on it and then he came back to me and he said you know jason it's like some of this stuff is just really hard to sh- teach a kid without an animation. So it's like long division or long multiplication. It's very algorithmic. You do this, then you carry the thing, and then you do the thing, you know, cancel. I mean, it's just like showing it in sequence on a page is just really painful to read. So you want an animation or video. Okay. And I don't like videos because the videos always look weird. They don't integrate well with the site. And it's just kind of like this tacked on thing. You had, So and you did have Justin doing all the videos, but you've stopped doing that now. Yeah, I just, I just feel like it doesn't look great okay and uh, and so i thought you know it'd be cool if we had some an- like an animation where it animated going through the procedure right okay. and um one of our guys was who's really good at this kind of stuff was experimenting with some different open source libraries for javascript animations and it was like there's one from what's it one blue three brown or whatever that guy he has like a he has like these math videos of these really sophisticated animations and there was jsx and then he tried some stuff in like powerpoint and he tried all these different things and some of them uh, he'd be like yeah well this took x number of hours can to I, do can i guess can i just make a guess at the outcome of this, this oh, sentence yeah, okay. yeah the ahead. outcome of this sentence is so i couldn't find anything that worked and I decided to build my old own animation engine. Damn straight. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> okay. Don't make me do your fucking job. That's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> like, all, all right. right. Like, I'm going to do it. So I was like, you know, because he, he came back with stuff and he'd be like, you know, and he's like really good at creating um, diagrams and these really sophisticated mathematical thing, uh, you know, illustrations. And so if, if that's the best it could look, I'm like, it doesn't really integrate with our look. It doesn't look that great. Right. Okay. And so now by animation, do you mean like some, uh, like a hand drawing with a pencil or like, what do you mean? So what I mean is that actually no, not a hand drawing with a pencil, but um, 
so we just show like here here's here's the equation okay this at plus this then this gets canceled out and then this added here so you can have just stuff appearing and disappearing you know the background color so you can kind of it looks like it looks pretty close to that you don't have the drawing of it because it's not in a um how does it how does text. the text like sort of does the text like just roll out or does it is it written like cursive or no it just appears because it's 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 like um it looks like standard um rendered equations it's not like a handwritten so so you've you know, basically t taken the latex thing that you had that shows the equations and then put animations on it to sort of show different areas as someone's speaking by voice or no, no well ha we haven't had a voice yet but i've i've i did a lot of research then that are prototyping that about a year and a half ago so i might get, uh, get into that but i said first step let's just see if we can get an actual visual animation working okay and then it's like how you create the animations <laughs> So I had to create like an animation studio, <laughs> which I did. Um, nice. Okay. So it's kind of like like a horizontal PowerPoint. You have your kind of frames, your slides, and you can duplicate them and edit them and move them around. And you can say, you, and you have below that, you have the sort of the the uh, the markup, right? And so you change it, and then it and it renders it, and you preview it, and then you set the duration of the slides, and you hit you can hit preview, and the whole thing plays out. And it and then you can embed them in the um, actual lessons or whatever and it looks looks amazing so that was what the last big project but I, didn't, I got like 90 percent done you know i was just kind of tweaking some la last few things and then it's like i had to jump on the diagnostic because we're running out of time mm -hmm. and one of the problems is that i didn't do a good job of saying okay i want to i'm going to start a new branch i was just working on master and the problem is i was on like three incomplete projects all on master <laughs> You know, because you're totally like, ah, you know, I'm not going to wear a branch. I'm just, you know, and you're kind of making commits along the way, you know, yeah. and then because you think you're almost finished. And and then I just I tied myself up in knots because I'm just like, oh, my God, like I actually made commits to master on this incomplete stuff. So I can't like push this off into a separate branch very easily. So. I mean, luckily, because of Git, Git's so powerful, you can kind of do anything. So even when you do really stupid stuff like that, you spend six <laughs> weeks. You can back out. Five incomplete loops, you can still do it. So I was able to just say, all right, let's, let's create a branch off this commit from April 23rd. <laughs> I call that back. The, day, the title of that, uh, the name of that branch is Back to Safety. Because <laughs> <laughs> I tried to just, I tried to, I said, all right, I'll take... I'll take the master with some of these commits and then I'll try and reconcile it and it just turned out for half a day. I'm like, this is just not working. It's just too much crap. That's, it's incompatible. And um, so yeah, that was, that was like hell, but I finally got it. I'm curious to know, when, uh, when do you commit? Do you commit like when you've completed a full piece of work or do you commit when you feel like you've mentally completed like a sort of micro step to make, um, to get to there? Depends on my mood. You know, I mean, if it's like a bigger project, I'll sometimes make smaller commits and uh, if I complete like a part of it, you know, so like, hey, I, I can just commit that. Sometimes I don't commit until like a whole segment is done. Mm. I mean, I've I've learned the lesson that like bad, large commits is usually not good. You, you know, your smaller commits usually makes life a little easier. So if you commit, you know, anywhere from two to five times a day, that's probably the right not once a week. <laughs> Mm. Once a week commit is probably yeah, a bad that's idea. Bad. That's bad. I, I mean, I haven't found too many problems where I've committed too much, but I've had problems where I have not committed enough. Yeah. Plus, it's like, plus it's like, what happens if like you know, 
something happens to your computer gets stolen you you know accidentally drop it out of a window i don't know whatever it's like destroyed your computer if ever if you're committed every if you're committing all the time that's like well the most important stuff in my life is on gmail google docs exactly right i think the same way i'm just looking at my my commit history and um yeah i'm going to say it's about between five and ten times a day yeah ten wow because you well you do when you test, you do lots of little smalls and you t- changes you test, right? So you yeah. have these little micro. So I, I can see you doing that. You're for a hyper commit. <laughs> it's like 10, <laughs> 10 minutes. Overly like, committed, overly committed. And But the problem the, the problem with my approach is that, um, like, there isn't, it's, it's not very easy to do a good comment when you do it that way. So if you do, com- if you do sort of commit, you know, like something like, you know, I got the text preview working. That's that makes sense because it's like okay, I got the text preview working. That's what it is. Because I'm doing it sort of in between something like that, you know. I got the beginning of the text preview working. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. like where I'll do a commit. I'll sort of say, okay, I've I've added the stub, all the stub boilerplate code for the text preview. Yeah, no, I do that sometimes too. I mean, yeah. it's I think that's fine. Is it, is it, is it if you you hit some kind of uh, complete a thought? Right, it doesn't have to complete a feature, but you complete a thought. thought. That's exactly right. right. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly because right. You know, for the diagnostic thing, for instance, I mean, there are a dozen pages, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of lines of code, right? Like, doing one commit doesn't make any sense. No. You know, it would, it would be dangerous. <clears throat> How often, do you, do you still, um, do you do refactor before you push it out, like, live? Or do you still go with the first version? Well, I'm sorry, what do you mean? Oh, like, just... Like, have you refactored that uh, animation stuff, for example, yet? Um, I try and do refactor as I go, right? Like, I mean, it's not prototype crap, but it's not like, hey, I would, this is showcase level code. It's It's not like the, um, the, what was that, that thing you did, App Ignite? App Ignite? Yeah. Yeah, You felt that was pretty clean. You did, you made that super clean and like really nice. I, 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 it's, I try and get in a sort of the B minus to B plus range. Okay. The reason being that, Okay, so I'm, you know, just like you, I'm not only the the CEO, owner, and investor, I'm the developer, right? So if you're a developer of a big company, you want to write tests for everything, and you want to write tons of code, because, like, there's, there's no benefit. It's not a huge benefit for you whether you get it out today or next week, but you want to you make sure their craftsmanship is high, you want to make sure there are no bugs, right? The owner's like, dude, I want this stuff, like, last week. Like, why? They don't spend two weeks on it. And there's this, always this push and pull and why you need to do one versus the other, right? So I'm, like, kind of splitting the difference. Like, okay, 80-20. Like, this is clean enough. It's not sloppy. I know exactly what's going on. It's very clear. Everything's pretty well named. Everything's pretty – I'm handling the primary exceptions. I've manually tested enough. I think this works. It, this, it works, Right. Okay, good enough. The problem is if you spend tons of time refactoring, you may come out later and go, I don't even need this whole feature. Mm. Like, I, you know, we're learning. Like, you need to that get out there yeah. and, and get it, get going. And then and then things get become part of a larger picture. And then you come back and like, ah, we need to we need to make changes to this. So I, I'm, I'm more of an 80-20. I, I think that if you go too far one side or the other, you're probably further away from the optimal as a small startup, you know? Um, yeah. People, I mean... <clears throat> Again, it's so context dependent. So I'll make a statement. People are like, well, that doesn't apply in my situation. It may not apply in your situation, right? But the reality is that, you know, having a, having some some less than perfect UI things going on or occasional small bugs going on, but you got something done in 30% of the time, for a lot of projects, it's probably the right choice, right? 
If it took mm. you three times longer, hey, I got this 100% test coverage and I wrote 300 tests. You're like, great. Yeah, it should have been done, you know, five months ago. Well, you know, the test it's coverage like, is probably over the top, yeah. Right. Or, 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 for startups. Yeah, and and if you, but again, then if you rush everything out and you write complete garbage, we all know where that leads, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't write garbage code. You can't not do a reasonable job testing. So you just kind of have to, and I think it all, it's all, it's you got to be pragmatic, and you know nobody's gonna know better than you on your what the right trade-off is on your particular product in your particular company. You know, I mean, you sometimes you might you know do lean a little too far one way or the other depending on the situation. You might, ah, you know, I just spend a little more time on that code, or you know what, I just, I got a little too got a little too perfectionist on this, and I I probably should have pulled the plug on this three days ago and moved on to this other thing because now everybody's screaming because this thing isn't done and nobody cares about this other thing that I made perfect. <laughs> You're right. I mean, yeah. you know, this is probably probably this. Am I saying anything that's no, that's no, it's outside true. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we did have a discussion about it, myself and Joe, at the beginning. You know, are we going to try and launch something within a month, or are we going to try and launch something that's more proper? And we ultimately decided to go slow to go fast because I do I do think that there's something to be said about like I already spoke to you about this the what I call the map the minimum awesome product versus the minimum viable product, and so to get to to get something that's awesome, it it that definitely increases the time significantly. So I think there's something to be said about going slow to go to go slow to go fast, so that you really can put something out good, you know. Um, well, there's, a, there's a terminal. There's okay. There's there's a terminology that's out there already called minimum remarkable product, you know, okay. which again is something that's going to have people remark on it. They go, hey, you know, you should try this. This is kind of interesting. Maybe it's not awesome, but it's definitely more than minimum of a working product. It's something people would remark on. I think that's a good way to think about it. But I like anyway. It. But map's better, of course, because map is like your, it's a map as well. Okay. <laughs> well, you go with map. <laughs> you go with map. The bottom line is, right, I mean, you have to create something that people are going to find value in that they can't find easily find other places. Otherwise, why would they worry about your product, you know? And mm-hmm. so you got to, it has to be remarkable in that way or awesome, whatever in that range. It does something, it does something really well or it does something really useful to people. Maybe it doesn't do awesome, but it does something they can't get done. It's a solution they don't have, right? Mm. So... Um, you know, for instance, like I got an email from a parent. She was like, you know, Jason, my daughter, you know, she kind of a math academy, but I'm really worried. I'm not sure she had a really good math experience this year and she might have some weaknesses and I don't know, should I get a tutor? I'm just like diagnostic. <laughs> like, you know, mm. It's like, bam, like you're done. You know, it's like, you know, if, if, if the diagnostic 15 questions versus 25, if it has like rainbows and, and unicorns flying around or not, like it doesn't matter, right? It solves a problem that she didn't have an easy solution for. And she's like, is there a tutoring service? And so you start talking about tutors and tutoring services, you're talking $50, dollars an hour, you're talking but lots of expenses, lots of pain in the ass. So is, here is a solution. But this is a good example of what I'm talking about. So when you created that diagnostic thing that you've released, you mm-hmm. didn't do that as quickly as you could. Like you have made sure that it's really good. You've made, we'll you've make made sure, sure yeah, that we it's, made sure. it, it's remarkable. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, yeah. Not just, it's not just the first version that you could have done. I bet you had a prototype working within a week or within a couple of weeks. Yeah. No. Well, okay. Well, it's okay. There's the actual, the algorithm that does the diagnostic. 
right? And the algorithm is, you know, several thousand lines of, of pretty dense code, right? That, we had some version of that, pretty sloppy code, you know, at, at least according to Justin, right? You know, in Python working, you know, two months ago, working pretty well. Mm, but, exactly. Um, but the last thing we need is a system that is a, a, a diagnostic that's not giving accurate results, right? Like, oh, and the kid goes like, I know all this stuff, mom. Like, why is it telling me to do this? Or it says, I know, I mean, it's just really, be really bad. Or it says, it says, I know all this stuff I don't know. And then, and then it puts them way ahead. Okay. It, let's say it puts you six months ahead where you should be. And the kid's just sitting there like, I'm getting, failing everything. I don't understand any of this stuff. And the parent's like, why don't you understand that the diagnostic will put you way ahead. So it, it, it's really important that they get placed correctly. Otherwise, they're going to have a very bad experience. It's going to okay, be useless. Okay, anim the animation builder, same again. When did you get some basic prototype versus when was the polished version available? Well, so it's not done. So I guess you could say, you know, I, I you know, put a big fat asterisk next to that. But okay. um, I mean, it took me like a day and a half to get something where I'm like, hey, come here, check this out, you know. Mm -hmm. And I probably spent another four or five days building the whole kind of animation studio kind of thing. We can like add a slide, delete a slide, rearrange the slides. Do this, do that, you know, all the kind of UI did stuff, you, you know, resize you, everything dynamically. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, did you, did you like use any Prezo type? No, I don't even know. I don't even think I have any of that code. Or okay. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. I don't even have any old Uber code. I wrote. It's like, where did that all code go? I don't even have it. <laughs> but, um, um, uh, you know, it's funny you say that because when I was late, and I'm like, you know, this looks, this is strangely familiar. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> That's when you said that, yeah, yeah. I was but like, wait, did he just rebuild Prezo? <laughs> no, well, because what I don't do. See, th one of the big things about Prezo was dragging and dropping and moving stuff around on a slide, right? Yeah. And I don't do WYSIWYG stuff, right? You have like, you have like just think of a row of slides, okay? Kind of like an animator might be, or like a. Adobe Premiere or some kind of film thing, video editor. And then below it, you have like a splitter. And then below it, you have um, a big text area, which is like the the actual content document of that slide, right? And mm -hmm. then you can edit that. And then when you lose focus, you know, when on blur, then it updates the, you know, updates the slide. Nice. So it, it so therefore you skip. A, I mean, there's a ton of the complexity is on all the WYSIWYG drag and drop, resize, setting properties. Mm -hmm. When it's just like I'm typing in a text editor and like you know and like you know LaTeX, and then all right, let's take a look. Boom! All right, there you go. It's you know, hundred times easier. All right, sounds sounds nice. Well, um, but so all right, so let's. Yeah. I should get make my get my list. Yeah. So let's get a couple of things in that are non Math Academy and non Morning Brief. All right, all right. Couple non. Any for... letters from the dark side? Not really. Um, okay, so um, <laughs> I'd be curious. You, did, I, you 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 liked one of my my Twitter comments I did there about my my genius move. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. what that was? Uh, your genius move was. I had two genius moves just uh, two days ago. I was oh, like. I it was fun, like it was basically using ice to cool down your computer. Or no, that's what I that's what I've done. It was putting your computer in a fridge. A freezer. A freezer. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's so a small move, right? It's a genius move. Right. So yeah, I'm sitting there good. I'm sitting there and I'm like, <laughs> I don't what a reason my laptop was really heating on my Mac, but I have a MacBook Pro and it's it's an older one, so it probably runs hotter than say the newer ones. This mine's from like two thousand fifteen. Um God, it's funny to think of this is six years old. Anyway, so it's it's and it's my, my 
legs it, are really hot, and I'm just like yeah. having a hard time focusing. And I'm like, damn it. And then you know, occasionally I kept putting it down on the couch next to me and just stopped using it for a few minutes. You know, and then I said, you know, I don't know what occurred to me. I said, I'm going to put this damn thing in the freezer. Yeah. And I put it in the freezer for like, I don't know, three or five minutes while I, you know, went and talked to Sandy for a minute, did whatever. I pulled it out and it was like freezing cold. And not only was not hot, it was cold. And then I put it on my lap and my lap was like, it was like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> and then it's like, work perfect. I'm like, this is amazing. Why does he want to talk about this? <laughs> That's, uh, it's so funny because like, we, I think because the weather is so hot. We're, I've had the exact mm-hmm. same experience, but I do have a newer Mac. And what I what I did is, you know, those plastic ice blocks that you can get, you know, no. like a plastic ice block, I, like it's plastic. It's not ice, but it's a plastic block that you put inside a cooler bag. Okay. Yeah. So just a couple of those okay. under it on my lap, and same same deal. Like to same completely fix the problem. Yeah. So Sometimes what, it's just totally overheating. Yeah. So one thing I was wondering about. So I was like, well, Sandy was like, are you sure that's a good idea? And I'm like, ah, it's fine. And then I said, <laughs> well, I, maybe I should look this up. <laughs> Yeah, so because people people who live in you know Chicago, for instance, or Minneapolis or whatever during the winter, I mean, it is well below thirty, and they're carrying their computer back and forth, yeah. they're sitting out for in the train or walking to work, and you know, it is well below thirty degrees in their backpack or their computer bag. So, and you don't hear about computers stop working, you know, in the winter. No. But they did say, well, the, you know, you shouldn't use it below 50 to 90 degrees. I was like, mm-hmm, uh-oh. That's <laughs> like, the, the, the other thing they talked about was condensation. So, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of sort of, it's, the humidity is going to be higher in the freezer with the ice and Something everything. that happens to my car, the screen in the middle of it, because obviously it, the snow up here, right? Like mm-hmm. it loses pixels. It's really weird. Like it, ha- mm-hmm. it just gets a lot of pixel loss, but then it comes back to summer and everything's fine. Right. So you might get know. something like that. You know, maybe you'd lose a I haven't seen it. I put it in the freezer about 15 times in the past two days. Every, <laughs> actually, it got to the point where like every half hour I put it in the freezer. So like, you oh. need like a new, like, did, did you bet you've got a special space in your freezer for it now? Well, because <laughs> we're at the in-laws. Yeah, right? of course. And yeah. they have like this monster freezer. You've been here. Have I been to, into yeah, the house? Remember, we were, came to a microconf and we stayed here one Oh, night. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, and man. so they have a giant house, they have a giant kitchen, a humongous zero, <laughs> I don't know, sub-zero fridge or whatever it is. And so the freezer, and there's only two people, right? So they don't, their stuff isn't like packed like ours is, or the family of five. Well, with Justin practically living with us six. So there's space, so I just threw it in there. And of course, these nice. laptops are small. And so I, every time I get up, you know, every, every 20 minutes, every time I'm noticing myself getting a little hot, I'm like, yep, oh, three-minute break, throw it in the, throw it in the freezer. So that was, I'd be curious if anyone has any other little hacks or if anyone says, oh, Jason, don't do that. I did that. <laughs> I stopped working. I forgot. And I lived in there half hour and then it wouldn't work after that. So there might be some, some warnings from some more hard-oriented listeners. But so far, I feel like it's a win. So you, I note that you are still using Twitter, even though you said you didn't really want to use it. I'm starting to, I'm, I'm regretting it. Now I'm on it. Now I'm like, I have this little mini addiction. So I, 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 I've, I've smoked the crack pipe too many times. So now I have a crack addiction. <laughs> but like, you're not and using it for marketing or anything. You're just using it for like general, you know, nonsense. points of interest. Yeah, <laughs> nonsense. nonsense. In fact, le, 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 what, you're Exo Jason, right? Yeah. And I thought, what, what I thought was interesting was that was very close to saying something like, I'm in McDonald's and I had some hamburger and fries. <laughs> it's like just really just on the edge of being. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, totally, totally dumb. Um, well, I did. I followed up with my second genius move. So we're, we're at the in-laws, right? And yeah. they're like, oh, do you want uh, ice cream? I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, what flavor do you have? We have vanilla. I'm like, vanilla? <laughs> like, oh, that was it? the one. Yeah, you said you said you added nuts and chocolate to the vanilla well, so, ice cream so to make it like, really good. I, I, I was like, the vanilla. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, we want some Wonder Bread. You know, it's like there's no taste, right? And I was just like, and they said, well, there's a little bit of Hershey's chocolate syrup i was like i don't know and then uh and then there's then she's like oh do you want some um well instead do you want some uh i just have some homemade chocolate chip and peanut butter cookies and i was like nah i was like i know what i'll do (laughs) because i'm a genius i will mix the i will crumble it up in with some chocolate syrup and the vanilla ice cream, it'll be like a pizuki. I mean, this is be amazing. Anna was right; it was amazing. I was like, I'm a, "I am literally a genius." <laughs> you are a, like a masterclass chef. That's incredible. I couldn't believe it. It was, yeah. I think everyone here was real impressed. <laughs> uh, as in, not impressed at all. But anyway, it was. It, I was really happy. Um, okay, so I got. I any got, links? I got. Any links? Stuff like, uh, like. Well, I got a recommendation. Side. Okay, I got a recommendation. You really want some dark? You want some dark, dark shit, don't you? What's no? It doesn't have to be. What's going on? Okay. <laughs> well, I do. Well, okay, I got, I got some dark stuff for you. Black summer. Okay. Black wow, summer is a post-apocalyptic zombie flick, a zo- va- okay. zombie series. Okay, so it is supposed to be like the precursor to Z Nation. So Z Nation is they've done like five seasons. It was made by the by the production companies called the Asylum. They're the ones who do like Sharknado. Mm-hmm. Remember Sharknado, like, you know, Sharknado yeah. 3, Hell No, or Hell No, or whatever. <laughs> you know, anyway, so Z Nation is kind of dumb. I mean, as in, like, I tried to watch two episodes. It's background. I was just like, Jason, Justin, I don't think I can watch this, man. This is like, this is really dumb. Um, but Black Summer is not dumb. It is not like tongue in cheek, like Z Nation. And it's mm-hmm. really like, so the difference between like a Walking Dead is, is these are like fast zombies. I mean, these, they sprint. They're like in a rage. Oh, that's good. And that, and that makes them 10 times more dangerous. 10 times more threat. So, so what happens is when those come at you, you don't just sit there and run up with like a hammer and crack them in the head and be like, okay, knock out like five of them. When someone's running, you're like, shit, <laughs> start taking off. <laughs> like people just run because the reality is even if you're, you have a gun, like the fact you're going to make a headshot before that thing gets to you. Because they're not like standing still, right? Sprint now. You need to be like a damn yeah. good shot. And it's hard to hit a moving target like that, especially if you had to hit him in the head. If you're shooting for the body, go oh, find him the body and stop the zombie. And so anyway, you have these fast zombies. And of course, when they bite someone, the other person turns almost instantly. So then, you know, one zombie and an arrow of some other people can quickly, the whole thing can go south almost instantly. And which, so that's really bad. And and then the thing about it is it's great is that you don't have a lot of moralizing like you do in like Walking Dead and Walk, Fear Walking Dead where they're like, well, we all still got to be good people. This that people are like, I'm out for myself. <laughs> like you know, we're like, don't this care is about that. Well, you yeah. know, there's a little bit of it, but for the most part, people are acting like you think people probably act, which is like they're panicked. And when those zombies come around, people are like, screw it. I mean, people panic and they do whatever they would do. And they eventually, and people die so frequently that they don't like, well, we got to develop this relationship with these people. It's like, they might be, and I'd be here in 15 minutes. I mean, seriously. <laughs> don't like, you find it comes... stressful? <laughs> like, does it give I you don't... stress? 
No, well, it was great. It was actually funny because there were some characters I hated. I'm like, oh, I, I can't wait to do that. But they were dying off. I'm like, oh, she, I hope she dies. I can't stand her. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes! You knew want it. them to die. <laughs> it was like Survivor. It's like, I want to kick her ass off the island. Kick that guy. God, I can't stand that guy. You know? And there's one guy, man. He was just, he was such an idiot. And he would just do the dumbest things. But it was very, like, what you'd expect. Some kind of someone to do and he's just like running and running the job he's chasing him all over the place and he's like ah! so <laughs> it's hilarious i mean it's it's funny and good at the same time so the thing was is that imdb rated like a six one or six four so i put it on i was gonna put it on his background i was like i like to on the weekends i like to work on the couch because i don't want to be buried in the office all the time so justin is always he's pretty much over every day working with me and so we we migrate to the to the living room or the family room on Saturday and Sunday, and sometimes I'll put on movies, but it's not as background, but sometimes I'll, we work at these, like, you know, investigative discovery murder shows. But I was like, let's watch something a little more, because that stuff gets old after a while. And so I was like, ah, 6'4", that's probably sucks, but let's just, whatever, we'll put it on background. You there, Justin? Hello? You there? Okay, it looked like yeah. it just dropped out. So, and then I looked up after, I'm like, this is, this is good, isn't it? He's like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> this is good. It was at that perfect situation where it was not so good that you couldn't get any work done. Because if you're watching an amazing movie, you're like, all right, I'm just not doing anything. Or, or rather, it was really, it was good to really good, but it was not complex enough that you just can't focus, yeah. right? So yeah. anyway, I would recommend, if you like this genre at all, I would I would go Black Summer it's on Netflix. It's That was... That's I think that Justin and I agree that it is the most underrated show we've seen. It was the most the biggest difference between something that had a really low IMDb rating but was actually much higher. Like I would have put that thing at like a seven eight to an eight one. Was it? Whereas, would you say it was scary? <sighs> a little bit, but not super. It wasn't scary to me. I mean. I remember when I maybe it could be because I watched much Walking Dead and stuff at this point that I'm just sort of numb to it. Yeah. Um, my daughters would periodically be in the you know kitchen, which is sort of attached to our family room, and they'd be eating on the island, and they were like, "I can't stand this; it's too intense," and they would leave, you know. And <laughs> right, Sandy, right. Sandy would just shake her head and leave. She's like, "I can't." And I'm like, "Really?" I'm like, "I just hope this guy dies. Let's <laughs> like, some zombies, you know, go after this guy." But um, anyway, it, 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 so they've done two seasons. Second season even better than the first. So I would. I, re- I recommend it. But, you know, it's funny. The the opposite one that was like one of the highest rated ones that was just sucked was Travelers. Have you seen that one? Yeah. I, I couldn't watch it. It was so boring. It's like an 8-1 or 8-3. And I looked at it, we, I had, like, we had Dah. someone say, like someone mentioned on the comments, how they didn't understand how we could have that opinion. They thought it was so good. Oh, so I mean, the, the characters and their dialogue, it was just dumb. I was like, I, I tried two episodes. I was like, Justin, I can't do this. And what can you do? He's like, no. Like, yeah, this is stupid. Um, but, you know, it's, I mean, look, everybody likes what they like. You know, I mean, Sandy yeah. wouldn't watch any of this stuff. She thinks it's all Everyone's dumb, different. You know? But um, so that was, that was that was a fun. That was a fun one. Um, let's see. Oh, I can't remember. One of the... Um, one of our listeners, let's see, let me go to the comments real quick. Did you want to do any of the comments specifically? You like, you like read out the comments. Is there anything relevant that you wanted? Uh, There's actually not that many one? this week. Yeah, no, not, not too many. Um, so so, so the, the one that um, Paul Silver, that's right. So Paul, Paul basically says that, um, 
you know, he listened to This Week in Virology, and he said they had a professional virologist, and he's sort of not convinced of the, you know, the of the, he still buys into the uh, zoonotic origin. He doesn't think the lab leak. And I got the impression that he felt that I was just reading, like, um, sort of the top-level news stuff on it. Um, so here's what I would say. If you're reading... You know, I'm not even talking like garbage news. I'm talking even New York Times, Washington Post, whatever. Like their coverage of the of the Wuhan lab leak, the science behind it, and the conflict of interests and all that kind of stuff is paper, paper thin. Basically, you don't know what's going on. So all you're doing is getting caught up in the politics of, you know, basically the media doing a lot of navel gazing. Like, well, you know, I don't know, should we be looking into this or not or whatever. You have to read the article from the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, written by. Um, blanking on the guy's name, but he was a former science editor for New York Times, and you, which is an hour read, okay, so you're going to have to get into the science, and you're going to have the details. Um, you're going to have to read, or you really should read the article on Vanity Fair, which is probably close to an hour-long read. It really talks about all the stuff that was going on in the State Department and other agencies and why how, why people were not willing to look into this at first, even though other people were, and there were people trying to shut it down and the politics and stuff. And there's a couple more articles that are, there is a paper that's coming out um, that was, uh, well, anyway, those, you start with those two, right? Um, you know, I wish, the problem with this whole thing is like, it, it won't ever be adjudicated in a, in a court of law, right? Did it happen or not? And so what we're going to get is China is never going to give up the information, right? They've shut everything down. They've hit, they've shut the files down. They won't let anyone talk. And anybody does is disappeared or <laughs> shut down or they're, or they're basically silenced, right? So um, and we're not in a position where we can put China on trial or put the scientists on trial. It's not that kind of a thing. So the question is, you know, when will we ever know? And the thing is, if we read some of these articles, you'll see there's a just a mountain of circumstantial evidence. I mean, like, it's more than the O.J. Simpson is guilty circumstantial evidence, right? We can all decide, well, is, we'll never really know. Nobody was there. True. But if you look at all the evidence, it's pretty clear he was guilty. I mean, he was found innocent, but it was pretty clear that he killed his, his wife and the, yeah, the other guy, Goldman. Um, and I w what I would love to do is I'd love to take bets on this. I'd give people odds if it was going to realize a conclusion. But I don't think we'll ever, it'll just be one of the things that we'll talk about for a while. There might be some more information will come out here and there. And, you know, it's like this Biden's give 90 days to come out and they'll have some report that'll say, well, we don't know for sure, but there's some things that lead us to believe this could be. And then it'll just eventually float out of the, uh, the news cycle and we won't talk about it anymore. Um, but uh, I would love to take bets on this stuff. I said, rather than argue about it, it's like, I'll just take your money. <laughs> it's like, let's just, <laughs> I'll just take your money. It's like, you know, put your, put money down. I give you odds. I give you three to one, you know, take a thousand dollars. Like you say, you'll never, there'll never be an answer. Yeah. Like, I would, I would set it up at the rise of, there'll, there'll never be like a, well, this is, this is, this has been determined true or false. So that's the only part about it. Um, that's why I don't like to, I say, I don't like to argue about this kind of stuff. Cause it's like, in the, the day, it's like, all right, well, let's just bet on it. If there, there can be outcome. It's like, you think what you think. I think, let's see who has a better model of reality. Um, but uh, regarding, speaking of... Um, oh, I was go just going to say, well, if you have something, 
do, do a follow no, no, up. No, 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 yeah. go on, go on, go on. I was just going to say, regarding coronavirus, are you out and about now without masks? or Because, you, you know, they've basically said, you know, you can do whatever you want. Well, are I you, would, or? so I... What's your... So I would, I haven't, I have never worn a mask outside because it was clear if you read any of the science from any people who who were specialists in aerosols and that you couldn't get it outside. I mean, initially I wouldn't get within 10 or, I mean, the first few weeks I wouldn't even get within like 100 feet of, feet of anyone because we didn't know, right? Yeah. And then it became clear that if you're not within, if you're outside and you're not within six or seven feet, like the chances that you're going to get the virus is, is nil, right? Yeah. So I've been, well, you know, I go walk the dogs outside and, and stuff. And so it was just so weird because I'd see people walking around with masks outside. I'm like, why are you walking around? There's nobody around. Like, what, I, do what you is the walk, point of this? How, do you walk around people? Do you get like six feet away from them? Or like, do you just not care? Like, just if they want to, if they want to, if, if people, yeah, so I'm going back in time even before the vaccine, right? Yeah. I would respect people's space, right? And I would make sure that, you know, also I'm walking the dog, right? So some people are not. Most people are fine with dogs. Some people, you know, have a hundred pounds. And that giant dog's dog that looks like a wolf. People are like, you know. And then, you know, you give people a, you know, fifteen foot berth or whatever. So typically, okay. I mean, you just be respectful of other people. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'm not going to wear a mask when I'm not around anybody. That's just mm-hmm. for me. That's just signaling, and I think signaling is stupid. I don't really care what anybody thinks. So then, um, but of course. I was very, like, I would not go into stores or anything where, if, if there was a lot of people around. I remember one time, Sandy, last, towards the end of last summer, she sent me to a Target to go get some stuff. And I was like, there were people in there and that stuff wasn't covering their nose. I'm like, what the hell are you people doing? This is how you get it, you idiots. Is in, when you don't have any circulation, we're standing in line at Target or whatever. And I was like, a bunch of these a-holes. Like, just like, look, whether or not... It's like whether or not you think the virus is not real or not going to worry about it. It's like that's just we've all agreed. That's what they've said. That's just followed the constructions of the store, right? Just don't be a jerk, you know. But I personally was like, you know, very – as I told Sam, I'm never going to Target again. It's not happening. I'm not doing it. I don't want the damn virus. And then, um, you know, then I, I started going to like – I would go to uh, – you know, my typical Pollo Loco lunch. <laughs> so I would go there. Mm. But if there was anyone in there who sometimes these people, these idiots would not wear it covering their full, their nose or they would. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would wait till they were gone for a little bit. I was like, God, I was like, damn it. What an idiot, you know? Cause I'm like, I'm not, I don't know if they have it. So I mean, I was weird. Like that is how you get it is you're standing around next to someone for five minutes yeah. with no circulation. They have it and they're not wearing a mask. Like that's, that's not a good situation. But I'm not going to wear it outside walking around. My daughter's always like, Dad, you got to wear a mask. I'm like, girls, <laughs> there's always around, right? But, but, what, but what I'm asking now is like, would you go into a, um, Target now without a mask or would you still yeah, wear a mask? Yeah, I mean, so now, now I'm, so, um, now most places like I think still want you to wear a mask that I've been to. Um, I'll just follow whatever they say, you know. Um, like I said, the only place that I typically could go you know, where other people are, it's inside is when I go grab lunch at Pollo Loco. I have my daily chicken and beans, right? And they, I don't wear, they, I was wearing a mask up until a couple of days ago and it's clear you don't have to wear a mask. So it was kind of dumb. Like everybody sitting at the table is not wearing a mask, but people standing in line are wearing a mask. It's like, this is kind of silly. Um, but it was like, you know, if, if you're vaccinated, uh, then I think the risk is, is pretty low. Now it's not zero, right? There are people who are picking up 
And I think that, you know, that it's like about, you know, 4,000 people have still been hospitalized or gone or, or died because uh, who have been fully vaccinated. Right. But when you compare it to the millions and millions of people who have been vaccinated, who haven't gotten it, it's pretty low. Mm, so yeah. I think you're really talking about like, hey, Jason, you know, getting in a car and driving on the highway is not risk rate. You could die. It's like, yeah, but that's I'm, I don't even consider that a risk. I'm not yeah. worried about getting yeah. the flu. I'm not worried about getting the car. I'm not worried about being one of, you know, one in a million or one in 10 million people that ha- happen to get the virus. And even the people who do, the vast majority of them don't get. Um, well, I guess. I guess there is not one in a million that you would get it, but there's like one in a million that you would be hospitalized yeah. or die because of now. And probably those people, most of those people are probably obese or have diabetes or have some other underlying issues, um, which I don't have. So that's kind of how I look at it. I'm, I mean, I, I try and the problem is there's so much politicization, politicization about it, both on left and right. It's people walking around who were never wore a mask. who thinks the whole thing's a hoax, who, whatever who I think are just out to lunch. And the people who are like, they're outside, double masked, not near anybody. They're vaccinated. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> You're both being incredibly irrational. You know, it's just ridiculous. So I just go with what's the most rational thing based on the science that we know. Well, it's you great know. that um, so many people have been vaccinated and that we're sort of well, moving well, back and, towards and, and normalcy. Pasadena, Pasadena uh, over 80% now have, have, have are fully vaccinated, have over two shots in the two weeks since last shot. So it's like... Most people are from twelve and from age twelve and up, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, I think the chances of getting it in Pasadena are pretty, pretty small. Yeah, you know, you, you know. So I'm not. I'm just not worried about it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, well, we we're, we're taking a hard line on it. Just um, not outside, but you know, going in a store, we're just we're just going to wear masks. Um, just Why? What the family stance? We don't want. The chance of Jack getting it, basically, just in case. Oh, and he's um, but he's he's young because he hasn't been vaccinated. Yeah, he hasn't been vaccinated. See, that's okay. So I I I can see that. I mean, I th- I think it's still pretty small, like almost like really shouldn't have to worry about it. But yeah, I get it. Um, you know, if you have, if I had a kid, if one of my kids were under twelve and unvaccinated, I might be a little. Although the, there's been not very many young. I mean, kids we're both fully anything. vaccinated, so you know, we're both fully vaccinated, and we're just. We're just doing it. It's just until Jack gets vaccinated, and then we'll be we'll be normal. But if he, if he was vaccinated like my kids, you'd be like whatever. Like oh yeah, you'd be back to normal. Yeah. I'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's I mean I'm. Where we're at. It's difficult. It's almost difficult for me to wear a mask inside. Like I'm sort of going oh god. Yeah. Uh, well, that's something you forget know. now. I mean, before I when I was a I was a Nazi about the masks. If someone somebody Sandy would let someone in the house and they weren't wearing a mask fully, like some kind of service person, I'd be like, what the hell is going on? You know. Like, she'd be like, just relax. I'm like, I was like, I was very, very severe about. You don't want it, yeah. Very I mean, I was. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. Even yesterday, I was in a store and I was wearing my mask and there was someone three spots ahead of me. Man, they were sniffing and sneezing. I was yeah. like, okay, I don't want to be anywhere near this. I'm just getting out of here, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's well, like... there, there, there was this. We went to In and Out. Justin, Justin, and I uh, went to In and Out about a m- few weeks ago, and there was this three guys. They're like in their mid twenties, and one of the guys is wearing a mask, and he's totally under his nose on purpose. And he's like, "You're telling he's just being a jackass." It's like I just want to punch that guy in the face. I, I was this close <laughs> to say, "Dude, what are you doing?" You know, I, I was almost like literally. I was willing to I, start to fight with him. Like I was. I so, actually I was did so say that to someone. Like so, what so, happened? I mean, but I, but I, I wasn't saying it from that perspective. 
what I was saying was, I so there was there was a kid in the store, and he was wearing it directly so that you could just sort of see his. It wasn't even his nose; he was wearing it under his chin. Yes, yeah, he. So, just, so, this so I. So what I was saying was, what I was trying to say was, um, why why bother? Like just just don't put it. You know, like I just went and said, why why bother? You know, why bother wearing? You understand that mask? why? You understand like, what the point of the mask is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like the chin strap isn't doing anything. It's like, see, I think most people who do that, they're 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 just being they're being jerks on purpose. But, but that, he, that, he, you would not do that. I mean, I understand if the kid's like three years old, the parents not paying attention. That's one thing. It's another thing if it's like a teenager or an adult doing that, and it's they're doing it because they're like, oh, I'll wear your stupid mask, and I'll but I'm not going to wear it because I think he was like. Is. But he said to me, he said to me, back off, man. Look, just quit it. Stop. Just stop talking to me. Go away. Oh, you said like that? He was re- yeah, he was really mad. Really mad. When I when I just said, hey, man, why are you wearing that mask? Like, why, why bother? But I guess he just couldn't see kid? the... I guess he was like 19, 20. So, and he, he was, he was, looked like he was ready to fight. So I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> just, but I didn't What's mean it fun? in that way. I was just like, I was just trying, I was being curious. I was like, why, why are you doing it? Like, is it, is it to make a statement or whatever? But he was mad as hell that I mentioned it. Yeah, so it's political. Yeah. So he, yeah. that guy, probably believes that that the that the thing's a hoax, that it's a left wing liberal power grab, overreaction, whatever, and he's just not gonna. That's that was that's probably that's the point. That's what that guy was. So yeah. that's that's the problem. This stuff has been so politicized, right? So I'm walking around outside without a mask because it's impossible to get it effectively, and they probably think that. You know, gee, where's your MAGA hat? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, dude. I mean, it's like, <laughs> why are you double mask? Because this is not rational. Like, people are so people are just like, you know, um, you know, it's so politicized. It's just that nobody's thinking straight, and everybody's just signaling and making this war. And it's like, you know, I'm like, first of all, I'm on neither of your teams. Second of all. Like, just think for yourself. Quit signaling. Like, read. It's like it's not like you have to read like an article in Scientific American. Understand? Like, this stuff is repeated ad infinitum on every news article. Like, you can't. You know, everybody knows what's going on. It's like, oh, some people just don't know. I'm like, how do you not know? How can you be that dumb? Because that's what I'm saying. She's like, well, I just think some people takes me a while to figure it. I'm like, does it really? (laughs) People really. I mean, black's black, right? White's white. (laughs) I don't know. It's like I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. So. I don't know. Well, anyway, I'm glad. I, I, it seems like we're coming out of it, but yeah, we're getting to the, the whole end Delta of it. variant thing is a whole put another, you know. Uh, yeah, I haven't uh, read. I've twist I have things. Tell me, like, just give me a quick recap of that Delta variant thing. <sighs> well, it, it seems to have been identified. I don't know if it came out of India or identified in India, but it's now like ninety percent of the cases in the UK. Um, I don't know if it's it's reached that level in the US yet. I don't. I don't think it has. It's in the UK, but it's it's more. What does um, it mean for vaccinated people? Uh, so far, it doesn't seem to be breaking f- through anywhere. But it's early. It's early, okay. right? I mean, at least this thing has not been around, identified that wasn't been that long. Um, but it could be the kind of thing that if it do- if we see more breakthroughs, you know, that um, you know it could set us back a, a long way. Uh, hopefully, it's not. So far, it seems like the vaccines are holding up pretty well against all, all these different variants. But the okay. but the Delta variant is a lot more um, uh, infectious. And um, it's more pathogenic, so it makes people sicker. So it's actually it's the it's the worse. Um, it's no good. It's no bueno. You don't want it. 
But um, but we don't. We'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, again, you know, you're up there mountain. I think you have much to worry about. Eighty percent of the people vaccinated in the past years. I don't think it's gonna be too big of a thing. But you know, we'll we'll see in two or three months. Maybe the equation, you know, it'll be different. Please no. Please no. <laughs> I know I it's been nice. T- I need normal life back. I know I went. I went to the gym for the first time in a year and a half. Went back to Equinox, and yeah. I was just like, "Oh, this is so nice." And it was just like no masks, just up, you know, working out again. It was just like I mean, the staff they're still wearing masks or whatever, but you know, and I guess like eighty percent of the people there were not wearing masks. There's a few people wearing masks for whatever reason, but. Um, that was such a. It was so nice to have some reality back. God, but you know. Right. Um, well, so we we I, there. We should probably wrap oh, up pretty soon. One last thing. So yeah. I guess there, I, I haven't. Re- I didn't really read anything on. I guess there was the UFO file dump from um, a report from the Pentagon that came out. Right. Right. Did you yeah. read any of that? N- no. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I I haven't read it because the gist is, is that yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there that we don't know what it is. That can't be debunked or can't be it. It, it doesn't. Um, uh, it doesn't fall in any way uh, classifying it as weather phenomena or lights or aircraft or whatever. But we don't have any evidence that it is aliens. So you know whatever. But but it was interesting. Is that Scientific American came up with an article um, talking about hey. You know what? We got to take this stuff seriously. But if it is there, well, it's going to be a. Pr- they're probably <laughs> probes. They're probably some kind of robotic probes or something like that. Which is something you and I have always speculated. If there, if this, Neil, there is anything uh, like that, it's probably a probe. Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I saw a video of him saying, um, "Okay, your 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 go-to uh, position on this is that aliens exist. You're not prepared to consider that it could be a hardware malfunction." Yeah, so I've listened to his stuff. I, I think he's, um, I don't think he makes a very good case. So I think it's like, okay, so if you sat down and you watched, or I, he should enter, he should sit down and interview those, some of those pilots that were, it wasn't just a one ha- hardware malfunction. So the radar ma- malfunctioned on the plane and on the ship, on, on both the planes and the infrared, and, they, and everybody saw it when they were below it and above it for the five minutes around it. Everybody's confused and lying doesn't make any sense that's complete bullshit but he makes so one he, really good point well yeah. one point that he makes that's really good is a billion very high quality social media images are uploaded to the internet every day so th- see like, this is, these are this why? is a total bullshit <laughs> argument okay here's here's a here's his. first, why, of all, first all, of all, why is all the evidence so so low quality it's not it's not okay go on there's a yeah. ton of high quality evidence i mean thing is if if you've if I actually looked into some of it, I'm not saying I spend all day every day looking at this, but over the last, you know, whatever, 10 years, I periodically have read stuff and seen stuff that was really, really impressive. And these really mm. good quality photos, really interesting videos, interviews with dozens of people who saw it all at the same time from different angles who... Who, who would lie about anything like this. I mean, it is just incredible. And you can't just say, well, oh, they're all liars. They're all crazy. They're all confused. They're all the hoax. It's just utter bullshit. It's just, it's just like, you know, and, and so it's like, if, if, um, if uh, you said there was an aircraft carrier in, um, in the, uh, I don't know, somewhere in the South Indian Sea or something or whatever. And we say, well, you know, we, we, we've, there was some Iranian aircraft that violated airspace or whatever, where we say, oh, well, maybe it malfunctioned. 
Maybe they're right. No, it's it only malfunctions, you know, when they when they see something that we can't identify, that isn't something we know, right? Everything else we wouldn't yeah. think for a second that it malfunctioned. Wouldn't question it for a second. Right, you know, it's right. like it's just so. Problem is, the skeptics go after this, and they and it's always straw man arguments. They always pick one or two pieces of of evidence that isn't even really the core of the evidence and then say, wow, you know, maybe cameras don't always work. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. people missee things. It's like, okay, look at the totality of evidence of just even one incident. Let's mm-hmm. just talk about the, the one with the Nimitz, the Tic Tac one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would like him to sit down with that, the commander who, who, who was on Lex Friedman's podcast and go through all the details and, and call the guy a liar. Say, you know, I'd like to see Neil Degrasse. I say, you know what? I think you're totally full of shit. I think you're crazy. I think you're are a liar. I think your other pilots are liars. I think your uh, infrared cameras are broken. I think your radar is broken. I think the fact that you saw for years is all lies. It's like, say that. <laughs> oh, you're not going to say that? Right? Because it would be a really bad faith way to argue things. Right? So you just sit on the sidelines and throw pebbles and go, well, you know, sometimes stuff doesn't work. I just think it's bullshit. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying Neil deGrasse Tyson is not a smart guy and not a nice guy, but I think he has not looked at the evidence of one of these things very carefully and isn't and, and is actually taking a bad faith argument to it. It's like I'm I'm willing to I'm open to this stuff being from extraterrestrial origin or not, but you have to have a good faith argument. You have to be willing to address all of the evidence, at least for one particular evidence, at least one of these incidents. Don't just cherry pick one little thing. Go, wow, I, you know, this could be something else. This is bullshit argument. I mean, if you and I were having an argument about anything and you just focused on one little thing and just said that, I'd be like, you're just being a jerk. If I did that to you, you'd be like, you're being a jerk. You're not having an <laughs> honest argument with me. And that right. I think, and but the problem is. It's still like we're starting to get past this point where people, where intelligent, rational, educated people are not allowed to discuss it. We're yeah. now we're now getting past that point, and like people who, like, way too many people are like, you know what, this you can't just dismiss this. You know, I can't prove this extraterrestrial origin, but nothing else makes sense. And by the way, these things that are breaking the laws of physics, like China and Russia, do not have. Um, uh, aircraft that can break the laws of physics. You know what? Because, you know, because that's what this would mean. And I don't care how good your engineering is, engineers cannot break the laws of physics. And anything that's breaking the laws of physics is going to be fundamental science that's going to be proven hundreds of years, or at least dozens of years before there's any kind of engineering to take advantage of it. And, and the, thing, the thing that's kind of really dumb when they say, well, you know, it could be China or India, uh, China or um, Russia, is like, I think China's China's um, budget for a military budget is like a quarter of the U.S. Russia's mm-hmm. is like ten percent, but suddenly they have broken the laws of physics and are like hundred years more advanced. It's even possible. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense. It's like just have a good faith argument. Don't say things that don't make sense. That doesn't make any sense, right? Like, yeah, China broke the laws of physics. And they're flying around off the coast of Coronada Island, um, buzzing our um, our uh, our aircraft carrier attack groups for two for two years straight. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. 
That may, no, and that makes no sense. So, okay, come up with a better explanation. Now, one of the reasons that people, here's the thing. The reason people will say things like, oh, you know, um, you know we, we have to take this seriously. This is a bachelor of national security. It's ultimately, I think, a bad faith tactic because it's, it's based on something that anybody who thinks about it for 30 seconds because this is not realistic, is that at least it'll get people to sort of take it seriously, right? If you start talking about it's aliens, there's still too much of the giggle factor and people just will, they shut down immediately. I, I can't even think about that. That's just, that's just crazy, right? I've, they've been programmed to just have a reaction, right? So if I say, look, we don't know what this is. It could be the Russians. It could be China. People are like, oh, yeah. That's, the people immediately go, oh, you know, they nod with a serious look on the face. Wow, you know, that's true. You know, we can't have the Chinese or the Russians violating U.S. airspace. You know, that's national Okay, fine. If that is a tactic to get people to be able to talk about it without freaking out, having an emotional reaction, I guess the means justify the ends is their, is their argument. It's, 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 not, it's not a... Um, it's not a reasonable explanation, but um, that's what that's why they're doing it, you know. And I said they're like, yeah, you know what? It's better than not talking about it at all, right? I'll, I'll claim maybe the Chinese, or the Russians. Um, I know deep down that's probably not realistic, but it's better. So than we did finish go. with we did finish with letters from the dark side. I was letters from the dark side. I mean, in a Scientific American, right? Okay. <laughs> it's the New York Times. I mean, this is this is way mainstream now. Uh, way mainstream and not really dark. But it's, it's it's but I think the stuff that came out from from the Pentagon. I mean, I I think you know it's just funny because there was a there was a pretty good um, documentary called The Phenomenon. I just, it's on Netflix or Amazon or something that I I I saw a while back. I took a year or year and a half ago. It's pretty good. And. um it just came on again. I was sitting here, you know, last two nights ago, and I was just watching again, like midnight as I was falling asleep. And um, they were um, uh, interviewing Leahy, I guess was his name, who was the uh, former um, majority uh, um, uh, in uh, in the uh, Senate, uh, mm. Democratic majority of the Senate, whip or why don't they call the whip or whatever they're called? Anyway, and he's like, yeah, he's like, there is a lot of stuff out there. He's like, and the guy says, you're so he's like, and he's talking about like the you know the Tic Tac video and a couple of these things that were released by the Pentagon over the past five or six years. I've kind of are released that leaked out, right? Hmm. And he's like, he he basically couldn't answer directly because of, of of the classified nature of so stuff. He's like, m- the vast majority of stuff isn't seen light of day. He's like, it's time for the government to be honest with the american people and there's a lot and the there's like the vast majority of it is and he just was kind of drinking water he's like the vast majority of it is not seen light of day so even this report doesn't see the light of no, day this, like this, this is, is not this is just the touching the surface yeah we don't know what it is we don't know how far yeah. it goes i mean but the reality is is that there was tons of stuff you know where so it's funny there's this there's kind of i can't remember what was it is a show hanger one or something it's like a it's a site of a it's, it's pretty fun show. It's kind of, I, I tend to fall asleep sometime to this kind of stuff when I was, you know, kind of like this. Sometimes I watch World War II stuff. Sometimes it'll be like History Channel and the Hangar One stuff is pretty easy to fall asleep to. And it was like the MUFON, the Files of MUFON, which is a mutual UFO network, guys. And mm-hmm. they're, they're people who actually go and someone says, hey, I saw something or this. And the investigators, field investigators, wherever you are, would come out and interview and get checked on the information and create a file on it, right? And they go through a bunch of this on the, you know, the, on the MUFON, on these um, Hangar 1 episodes. And some of it, you're like, that sounds kind of out of this world. I mean, literally, like, I don't know about that. But there were some, it's like, so if these things are it happened, 
right? And lots of people saw it. And they saw, and those people saw like, you know, like the military came out, they shut down Sarah, we couldn't see anything. They didn't allow us. Unless that stuff has been released. Like, oh yeah, remember that thing that happened in Pennsylvania? I think it happened in Ohio. Remember that thing where all this military and stuff? Unless they're writing about that, then they're not releasing everything, right? Mm-hmm. Which they're not. They're just talking about aerial things that they haven't identified. They're not saying, hey, you know that, you know, thing where we just, there was something to crash and, and it's, or whatever. You, you, um, you've reminded me of something about this. Um, so one of, the, one of the topics I do track with Morning Brief is unidentified flying object. Mm-hmm. And an article came in um, from, uh, on New York Times by Chris Carter. I created the X-Files. Here's why mm-hmm. I'm skeptical mm-hmm. of the new UFO report. And it was good. I mean, he, he was just sort of saying he's skeptical of the report, like for exactly what we're talking about. There's, there's, there's like a mountain of other stuff. He was giving all these different things, all these different reasons, but this is just platitudes, basically. Yeah, it was a great. Now, it was a nice, nice post. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, is okay. If you're the the vast majority of people who are even very few people would know about any of this stuff in the government, right? And there's this one interview with a phenomenon. I, this guy was the guy. He was like the uh, former assistant. Our deputy assistant director of defense or whatever and he was one of the guys who got the couple of the, these files um out there these 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 videos it was him who did it and he said yeah like he goes he's like you have to understand he's like some of the stuff is just so buried and he's like he's like i was in charge of some of the of the off the black budget stuff the, the budget like he was in charge of the budget that would go to that with their Louis and that was not on the official budget he's like some of the stuff is so buried it will never see the light of day like you know people don't even know who's really running it or which at this point it's like so like who's running this stuff again you know because you think of people in the government they come and they go they're in they're in power they're out of power but then there's these sort of like you know black programs within black programs that you know people just like you know maybe just lose track of who's running it and they're like we're not talking about this stuff you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it, it quickly gets in the realm of like conspiracy. It's like, well, who knows? But the reality is nobody, people just don't know. And he's just saying, I mean, you're really talking about a former deputy assistant director of defense who's saying there are black programs that deal with this stuff. And I'm telling you, like, this stuff is so buried, it's just never, you know. So you have some report budget thing that says, hey, we have to release what we know on UAPs. Like, they're going to throw out some stuff that mm. they can it's easy to access so people say okay well what do we got okay. it's already yeah it's already been leaked yeah or not been leaked but it's just the stuff that's sort of innocuous in a sense well mm. there's some stuff that some pilots saw and there's stuff and we don't really know and you know and it's like basically get off our backs what can we tell you you know but th- th- you know so i don't know but the thing is we don't know but i'm i'm, I'm glad that the uh, mainstream is willing to um is willing to is to start talking about it a little more seriously. There's a lot of scientists and just generally smart people who are not afraid to say, you know, this is interesting. And mm-hmm. these debunking the skeptics who throw out some debunking stuff is just doesn't hold water. So you know, try again. You know, and um, I, I don't know. Maybe next ten, twenty, thirty years, we'll find. Well, hopefully, we'll find out more and more. But I, I there's definitely there's definitely more that. You know, I mean, there's the one, there's the one that was covered in, uh, I said, there's one that was covered, remember Leslie Kane, remember we, we interviewed her years ago? Yeah. And there was the one where the, um, there was that Japanese airliner and there was like this gigantic, like apparently this aircraft carrier size uh, UFO that was basically following it and on top of it and whatever for 
this huge range of time. And the guy who was like in charge of like of of um, of like the uh, what's it the 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 FAA the FAA like wrecks and all that kind of stuff. Like he held the files, and he's like, "Yeah, a guy came out for the CIA and the White House. Everybody's like really, like really interested in this stuff." And we're, and then eventually, after they talk about all this stuff and they interview the pilot, he he asked the one the CIA guy, "Well, what is it?" He's like, "Well, it's a UFO." <laughs> he's like, "And you guys are all sworn to silence. It's silent secrecy. You cannot talk about this." And they just took all the files away, except he still had some of the information that he didn't give to the CIA guy. The guy just buried it, and it's like. Uh, Callahan is this guy's name. He was interviewed in one of these movies and he was in her book and he's like this no bullshit guy, right? He's like this guy ran the FAA's um, and he's just like, that's what happened, man. I'll have to tell you. And his wife's like, yeah, he'll just tell you how it is. So when you have people like that, <laughs> he's clearly not a liar. He's clearly not crazy. You know, well, you can't just dismiss it and say, well, the guy's just full of it. it right? So, I don't know. There's All more right, going man. on. We're going good. on. <laughs> <laughs> all right um was there any other little little pieces i mean we've got we've gone over two hours oh at this that's point. that's plenty i gotta i gotta get back to work actually so okay. um all right that's a wrap we're out <laughs>